Hello everybody and welcome to the Clip It Podcast, episode 23. We're trying it on YouTube today, see how it is, see what the uh, quality is like and overall see what the user interaction is like. I'm interested to see how this is, I've heard crap tons of debates in the past um, talking about the difference of YouTube and Twitch um, and uh, stuff like Mixer and all that. <laughs> Let me just mute my Discord, you wonderful people. But yes, I hope you're all doing well. I hope everybody's having a lovely weekend as always. Don't forget, I am your, <laughs> I am Tactical TV, <laughs> and these podcasts will be uploaded on times to... so the notifications coming through. What a prick! And talking about uh, YouTube, Spotify, uh, and well, and we're on YouTube, Spotify as well as breaking up. Why is the Tactical TV stuck there? Fuck it. Anyway, this is going well as uh, as always. As you can hear, we are joined by the wonderful Agent Oink and Delicious. So let's go and say hi to them right now. How are we doing, you wonderful folk? Oh my god. Wow, there is a delay. I need to. I'm going to try and play back. I, to I know, yeah. but it's. I will far. say now. Uh, yeah. the, it's on, um, normal. There we go, fix it. It's on, uh, normal latency. YouTube have normal, uh, low and ultra low. I just put it onto normal because that, they say it's the highest quality. I don't know how much of a difference it actually makes. Right. Who knows? Again, yeah. not using YouTube, not really knowing much about YouTube there streaming. I was just nice curious, Discord notifications so. as well. Off to a, this Thank is a you. typical podcast style. I love mm. this. Yeah, I mean, my experience watching YouTube streams is few and far between, and I'm very, very, very used to the tradition of just setting them to two times speed and being amazed at how the stream that you were watching that's supposedly live had a 417-hour buffer that you've just skipped through. Yeah. But it seems to be the same case for this one, so I guess people just don't use low latency. Maybe the quality is, like, particularly bad? I don't know. I don't know. I know a lot of people on YouTube uh, stream at 1440p gameplay-wise, which I'm surprised by especially coming from Twitch, where when you play stuff like COD or well, shooters in general, you, you try and aim for 900 by, oh, sorry, 1600 by 900 on yeah, average. Yeah, 900p is very common. Top streamers will use 1080p just because they always have that option of um, it getting decoded so you can go down to 720p as a user because it's inconsistent as shit when you're uh, an affiliate. I don't think they have it for non-affiliates. But it's in inconsistent when it's affiliate. It's, it's just when Twitch have the yeah, resources, they will decide to do it. You um, have the capacity, they'll let you um, transcode, but otherwise they don't, and it sucks. Because sometimes I go to your stream, and it's just like, oh, great, I can put this down to 144p if I want to. And other times it's like, nope, oh, full res, and only full res. Yeah, it's really unfortunate mm. and annoying as hell. But, I don't know, YouTube, I, I suppose, they've they, obviously them being a, a video platform for... 12 years now i don't actually remember um 11 10 years uh they they have a little bit of a, an advantage when it comes to the back end of uh, videos and i suppose they absolutely so you know they're, they're definitely getting better at it so yeah I, mean, I would expect youtube to have way better infrastructure for stream quality and stuff than twitch does because yeah. it's just simply a bigger platform like, yeah, like Twitch gets way more watch time, but honestly, if you were to ask me, do you think there are more stream, like more hours streamed on YouTube than Twitch? Like that would be tough. Like I wouldn't necessarily immediately jump to yes, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was so. Like YouTube's huge. No, it it's is used yeah. by so many people in comparison to Twitch. 
That is very true. And I, I don't actually know, because obviously I would say a good portion of Twitch user base have streamed or do stream. Um, I'm curious what sort of the numbers are on YouTube. Like, how many streamers are there? Uh, Probably tiny, surely. Yeah, I don't know. It is it's interesting. I again I, we've always spoke about this YouTube when it comes to streaming has not got the greatest um discoverability. I guess like their videos are all right, recommended, you know, better than most platforms I'm aware of, but the streams are definitely a little bit uh, lacking, I guess. Uh, the closest they got to being okay was YouTube gaming, but that was just a pile of shit. So, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, uh, you seem to have a favourable opinion of YouTube gaming. Well, I have a very unfavourable opinion of YouTube oh, gaming, and I it's always been interesting it. to me. I didn't mind. I never used it, but it was there if you just did if you just wanted to watch YouTube uh, gaming videos. If if that was all you did in your in your YouTube um, uh, watch time, if that's all you watched was YouTube YouTube gamers, Jacksepticeye, Markiplier. Jack Frags, you know the nerd cued whatnot. Then yeah, that's fair, and it was it was a good platform for that. I much preferred the 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 channel page on there. I think it looked better, was better laid out than the default YouTube one. So that's why I preferred it, and obviously it had the much better streaming um, discoverability because that was one of their like key features or trying to get better at on there. Um, but it just didn't. It wasn't needed, personally. YouTube didn't really need it at the time. I feel like if they did it now, it would probably get more use than it would have uh, back then. But the moment I don't, I don't, I don't think when Maybe. they released it, it wasn't needed. We 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 were in a high, high uh, in a in a high time where there was a lot of gamers, but there was also a shit ton of vloggers at that time. Um, not that there isn't now, but I would say back then it was more. You know, YouTube was more sparse, and there was a, a bigger user base that was separated between different genres. So I think yeah. traditional vlogging isn't as big as it used to be. No, it's more. It's more that peaked in like 2014. Yeah, it's more vlogging with. Uh, it's it's kind of like scripted vlogging, I guess, because there's always there's. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going off like, I'm going off Mr. Beast, who would make vlog type videos, but they always had a scripted element to them. As they they I mean, have an ending, they have a set a, goal. A good example of that is if you ported, like if you ported, like I don't know what the latest Mr. Beast video is, but if you ported like his latest, like common, like he's just giving people money in some way or whatever, Mr. Beast video to like 2013. I don't think most people on YouTube, if you said, "Is this a vlog?" would have said, "Yeah, that's a vlog." Mm. Now they probably would, just because it's filming of people, and that's more what the definition of vlog means now, right? Like. Like, it's not like a vlog series. Like, people wouldn't necessarily say that, but, like, it is kind of like vlogging content. Like, the tag vlog, like, kind of makes sense to apply to it in, like, in the current sort of climate of YouTube. Like, back then, vlogging was, like, a very distinct, just, you know, easy, like, you're filming yourself. That It was that content, right? Like, yeah. just going about doing shit. Um, and there were the people that were just everyday people doing that, and then there were the people that, like, had a, a good income, good money, and they went off to places and did cool things. A bit like Casey Neistat when he was, he was big. Um, yes. But... Have like you... I don't know, yeah. Vlogging's definitely changed it like a, a lot in like recent YouTube years. Have you guys seen that uh his brother's finally made a channel? Oh no. Casey Neistat, I can't remember what his channel's called now. It's something nice that obviously. Um Oh damn, what is his brother's channel called now? Give me a moment. Uh but yeah, like that's that's kind of got quite popular. Um 
because Casey Neistat announced it. Uh, right, what's his friend? What's his brother called? He has children. Yeah. For me, it's always been interesting because I, I, I just like it was interesting hearing your perspective on YouTube gaming. I, I guess partly from the creator side of it because I just never saw a reason to use YouTube. That was the biggest problem with it. Is that I still, I mean, even with what you said, like I don't really understand what the point of it was because when they announced it. I thought the intention was to completely separate gaming content, right? Mm -mm. And that pissed me off because it's like, why? Now I have to go to two websites. That's horrific. That obviously didn't end up being the case. And it's like, well, why would I go to this website if I just want to watch gaming content when I could just go to YouTube? Like, I can already do that. There is no need for me to change my workflow, what I'm used to, the UI that I'm used to. Like, it, it, I can already do that on YouTube. If I only want gaming content on YouTube, I can get only gaming content on YouTube. Like, I, I just never understood what the point of it was. That's, that's, that's yeah. It's, it's, I think it's very um, contextual, honestly. Like, again, if it came out two or three years after it actually did, I think it would have had more success. Um... If it, to be completely honest, if they decided to do it when Mixer died, it probably would have had more um, traffic, just because people were like, oh, well, what's going to happen? Where's Ninja going? Um, you know, oh, oh, are we all going to have to go to Twitch? Are we going to have to go to Facebook? Which nobody really wanted to do, but some people have, and, you know, good for them. You know, they're still doing their career on Facebook, even though it's not the best platform for game streaming, especially. No. Um, and I, I honestly, it's I, I, I think it was just at the wrong time. It was a good idea at the wrong time, executed all right. It wasn't amazing, don't get me wrong, but it was executed well enough that it probably would have done well if it came out now, a year ago. Would it though? I personally think it would have. But why? Because people, like, like... I think people are fed up of Twitch. Because they just okay, make okay, okay, right, mistakes. right, right. I don't disagree with that, right? Mm. But why would YouTube Gaming succeed and them not versus them making a proper live scheme discover like live stream discoverability tab, right? Like if on the left of YouTube you had your home, your trending, your subs. Uh, for me on premium, I've got originals and YouTube Music, right? What if it said home, trending, subscriptions, live, right? Like, I mean, frankly, just get rid of trending. That doesn't need to be there in my opinion, but that's my take. But like, why not just have a live section where you can discover live streams properly, the exact same way Twitch did it, the exact same way Mixer does it, the exact same way like every streaming service does it? Okay. Over so... like YouTube gaming, like I don't I, like why what like what about people that don't stream games? That's immediately a problem now. Like like just like what I don't get why YouTube gaming would be successful. It's just YouTube but worse. I'm going off what they've done. If they were to, if I wanted them to do something that would make it better, yes, a trend. Sorry, um, a streaming tab would be. 10 times better because you don't have to then go to a separate website or separate domain to you know see what content you want to see it's just all on your home page but i'm just going off what they did in the past so i doubt they're ever going to do that just because they're they're very i i feel like they're trying to hold on to the whole fact of oh we were the you know the number one uh video platform and i don't think they want to stray away from that because i think they should it's google if anything, yeah, I feel like Google you? would make a separate website for streaming. Like I could, I would not doubt that a hundred percent. I feel like they could do that. 
Just because they make work. a separate website, but why? Why not include it into YouTube where you already have streaming, you already have the uh, infrastructure and the code and the software in place to do streaming. You already have a massive user base, you already have communities that are successful, you already have a lot of money coming in. Why not just, like, like, like if Google right now spent the next year developing a feature-matched uh, competitor to Twitch as a subsection of YouTube, right? It had the same level of discoverability, had the same tagging system, it had, like, the same level of emotes in chat, um, it had all of this stuff, right? Like, why mm -hmm. would people not use YouTube? Like, if you if you propose to me right now that just, bam, there was a YouTube live tab and it was feature, feature equivalent to Twitch, why the fuck would I use Twitch? No offense, Twitch. But why? Your quality is worse. You have a bunch of problems. You've got a shit social media team. You're an asshole to half your streamers. Like, why the fuck would I not just come to YouTube? Don't get me wrong, YouTube has its problems too, but, like, the quality is better here. It just is. I'll tell you why. Because they put a okay. shit... They put too much money and time into shorts, and they don't want that to fizzle out, so they're gonna... Yeah, they're gonna put a foot down and get this popular. I don't even but know shorts what shorts isn't is. a bad feature. Like, like con controversial take. I don't, I don't use shorts, right? I don't use shorts, but is it a bad feature? No, because what did they do? They saw TikTok, they made the exact same thing as TikTok and put it on YouTube. That's just going to make them a bunch of money. That's great for creators. Like, that just seems like a logical decision. The only thing that seems them. weird to me is that I don't know how you upload to shorts, and I'm pretty sure you just upload a normal YouTube video in a mobile phone resolution, and it sometimes just gets put on the shorts, which I'm is a bit weird. confused of the mm. point of shorts. Like, I've seen... The thing is, I'll watch them, and then I'll go back in my subscription feed, and only there does it tell me that it's a short. Otherwise, it was just, like, a normal video that was recommended to me. Yeah, um, they, they seem I, to be, I, like, overlapping. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, so I don't really understand the point of them. Obviously, I've not uploaded any shorts, uh, nor do I have plans to, but I don't see why I would have plans to. I mean, again, I think it's one of those things that part of the problem in how they implemented it is that they seem to have just sort of in a, in a very YouTube way, created this feature, just dropped it onto the floor, and it's just splattered it all across YouTube. And I was just like, what the fuck is, what the fuck is shorts? Like, what? Like, they didn't communicate about it. They didn't give anyone information about it. They didn't give any users or, like, creators. Like, it just was there one day, and everyone was just like, oh, what the fuck? Like, yeah, that was terrible. But I think shorts, for example, is something that should just be entirely, like, a separate section of the web page. I have no problem with YouTube, like, diversifying their product basically into multiple sections rather than just having like a youtube channel can live stream it can video it can shorts it can stories it, just, it can, it can do all of this stuff like, like just make it just make better tiktok just make a subsection of your app that's better tiktok it will get more use than tiktok it'll make you more money than tiktok is currently making and more people will use it and more creators will use it that's I, just better i i was just thinking this is kind of going a bit off topic but it's still going on about youtube um so actually wait there what were you gonna say Phelan? i was just gonna say like, i'm i'm looking into it now and seeing like the slightly different things that you get if you like upload a short via like or instead of just like press and upload video mm -mm. just add all this stuff you can do to uploading a video it would like if for whatever it will go or whatever it is unless they removed that feature there used to be a feature where you could just press a button and you could create a video maybe you can't do that anymore which would be where I'm getting confused. I can't see the button for it. Do they? Yeah, do I don't think you can do that anymore. Why? Oh, for... So this is just basically that renamed, except it appears to be time limited, except... Maybe you can on mobile. Oh, yeah. Um, and you, you just get, like, more added functions, like messing with the speed or music or shit. 
I'd like just hmm. just add that to a normal video creator. Yeah, from mobile. Yeah. I agree, but like it's... those features, like like being able to mess with the speed and stuff, like on a normal, you know, sixty-nine standard classic, you you know, video that we've grown up with, like that 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 doesn't have to be exclusive to that or exclusive to shorts. Like just do it yeah. to both. Like shorts should just be their own thing, a separate thing. thing. Again, like as a competitor to TikTok, and I fully will fully say this. If it's anything to do with video, YouTube slash Google will do it better than anyone else because they already have the infrastructure and experience, yeah. right? Mm. People don't give credit to... And you've got to think about this, right? Video files are big, right? And YouTube has a lot of work optimizing them and transcoding them into their formats. And, and they, don't get me wrong, they put up you know, years and years and years of research into getting that as optimized as they can. Where the quality mm. is as good as it can be on the less, least file size at the least bit, right? Like they've done everything they can in that regard. Don't get me wrong. But you still got to think. Think how many videos uploaded to YouTube a second. How many videos are on YouTube historically? And you can fucking go and get any video on YouTube, and it will load in like uh, absolute maximum thirty seconds if you pull out the most random depths of the vault video. The fact they can load any video and just play it anywhere yeah. in the world in that short a time, in terms of a, a computing hardware achievement, is insane. Like it's actually insane. YouTube have nailed, like, the infrastructure side of it, and I think people don't give them enough credit for that. Like, it's crazy how well it works. Yeah, no, I'd 100% like, agree. Even Twitch but clips I didn't aren't as good. I consider that, but no, you're right. Um... Yeah, I, I think most people just don't think about it, because, like, most of the time they're just watching big channels, right? Well, like, yeah, obviously they're going to have, like, the latest PewDiePie video, like, probably preloaded on very fast discs, like, you know, in all of their data centers. Mm -mm. The fact that you can just get that video that was uploaded by a channel creator to upload that one video in 2007 and has mm. has four views and it will unironically load in under 30 seconds like sometimes i i've you know you click on those videos and they'll take like longer than usual they might take like eight to ten seconds to start playing but the fact they didn't take like that time is crazy like that's presumably stored on hard disk i don't know how youtube's infrastructure works even if it's, it's stored on tape i mean that would be crazy but like however the, however they fucking do it, it it's impressive like it really is yeah no, I 100% agree. Point. And they've obviously been doing it for, yeah, it's mentioned like 10 years now. So they've, they've got a little bit of uh, experience. Um, But I wanted to kind of change the topic over from Twitch, uh, from YouTube, sorry, over from shorts to streaming. Um, The whole concept of streaming on YouTube. Because you were telling me that uh, YouTube does streaming a little bit differently to uh twitch obviously we but we're both not professionals we both don't know this yeah yeah, yeah. Um, this is just my experience as a user yeah i haven't streamed on twitch uh, sorry i haven't streamed on youtube since 2019 probably 2018 i think um i could find out i just can't be asked but uh i was just curious that you were mentioning that you could stream two videos to the same channel which we know because obviously people like spacex um and other channels do that loads of music channels do it yeah. uh, i'm pretty sure like, again to reiterate what i said earlier off stream i'm pretty sure you can stream technically an infinite number of streams to one channel so that goes into my question of if you had for example i'm going to use um let's say the misfits uh group uh there's like six or seven of them in that what if mm. if four of them streamed could they all stream to the Misfits channel? And if they did, would they get more interaction? No, so would they get more traffic to that one channel? And would that be beneficial than just streaming on their own channels? It's like... Could they? Yeah, from how I understand it, yeah, they could. 
mm. would it get more traction to the channel than streaming on individual channels? I would say probably, but would it actually be beneficial? Probably not, because the live stream discoverability on YouTube is yeah. terrible. So, from my experience, when you stream multiple streams to a channel, I don't know if it's the first one or if you can pick the one that that gets like promoted, so so to speak, when you like go to the channel page. There's like a, it's live now with this one, hmm. um, like because like SpaceX, for example, right when they stream, right they'll have a main stream and then they tend to have access to one that's a bit more behind the scenes, normally with the actual comms going on, and that doesn't get promoted. Like if you if you like uh, in like. I think it still shows up in your like subscription feed and that side of things. Yeah. But if you're like on the channel, it'll be like, yeah, watch this, this, like this is the stream you want here. Rocket go up. Um, so there's obviously like some decision or algorithm, whether it's on like you have control over it as the streamer or whether it's just entirely automatic on which one sort of gets pushed. So I think like if all the misfits did that, the problem is that one of them would be like the streamer but on that... the misfits channel and the others would be there if you went to the videos page. I'm mm. curious about this because that's kind of talking about the top level stuff. Obviously, it'll probably I'm I'm guessing looking at YouTube um, and the behind the scenes a little bit when you stream, it's just the algorithm picks the most popular one. Like if it's got uh, looking at its analytics, if it's got the most views, it'll probably, you know, highlight that one. So surely I feel like that would be a better idea as a smaller streamer because then you can get more traction to one channel but then get the user's names out, the the creator's names out. I don't know. This is something I haven't seen being done before. I mean, but I, problem... I'm just interested in, like, would, what, what would YouTube do in that sense? Yeah. One of the problems I'd see with that is to say, say you started a streaming house, right? Like, those are becoming more common these days. Can we um... rename it to Content Creator House? content creator house yeah, and right. you are all streaming to one channel right you've got content creator house channel and you're all streaming to it and that's how you do it and you do that for years and you build up a community you you hit like four million subs you're very successful your streams are getting you know thirty thousand people watching each because because again this is another thing that people don't realize the viewer counts on some youtube streams are insane in comparison to oh, twitch yeah. if you think twitch has high peak viewer counts you have not seen youtube streams like it's crazy um anyway separate to that um, like, if you're all streaming, and that's, if anyone wants to break off, that's that's just like, how the fuck's that gonna work? That's just not happening, right? That person's community's dead. Because no one's going to their new channel, or like, people go to their new channel, but like, it's not gonna be anywhere near the size that they were pulling on that channel. Which means, to get a streamer to agree, or a content creator to agree to being in that creator house, it's immediately just like, why? So, like, that contract sucks for you. That's basically saying, I'm going to provide you all of this value and success, and I get to keep absolutely none of it should I have a problem. So, my. Which would suck. This again, this is going into obviously, we don't know uh, YouTube partners' contracts. Um, but, like, if you were to, like, let's say we started a, a, a streamer house and had a channel that we all streamed onto, uh, we started, let's say, from literally like 100 people, which is relatively high for a very. Oh, no, it's not. But let's, like, let's say we had 100 subscribers. Um, if we were to, if that, if that actually worked like that, and we, or if we managed to get traffic to the channel, and we're all streaming onto the channel, then we're we're smart. We're not gonna stay streaming to that one channel from forever, because you could always branch off. If it's easier to branch off when you've got a smaller community, because then you're you're more likely to grow, and you're not gonna have to worry about losing everything. Um, but secondly, I'm curious if you're able to. Let's. This is going complicated and going like different wings of stuff. But like, let's say that channel got to 10k. 
if you're smart, you would still stream to that channel, but you would multi-stream to your own channel as well. If that makes sense. So then people who were just dedicated to, like, me, let's say, yeah. they would come to my channel. People who like your content yeah. go to your channel. And, like, but, but then... okay, so let's just talk about the overall thing of this, by the way, because this is something I know we're going to do. But streaming as a communi community, like a streamer house, is much more beneficial than just by yourself. Because... In general, yeah. It's just yeah. statistics. There's more people making content, so you've got more likelihood of one of those just getting lucky and getting viewers. Uh, and then, the, obviously, if up to that person, they could just fuck off and you know make, make a career out of it and leave the other six dead. Or they can, you know, still make content and help the other ones. So it's, you know, it, we've seen it in the past. It was, it's going to happen in the future. Um but like that that's that's the that's the main idea i'm just curious with the whole idea of streaming four separate channels four separate personalities onto the same channel work um and if so what would it look like yeah the only comment i'd say about your idea of someone streaming to the the community channel and their own channel so that they can break away if they need to is as the creator house why would you sign someone under that contract that's just saying yeah. hey I'm a creator house, and now I'm going to just half my viewership and just make myself earn way less money, make us way less successful. Like, that's just... Like, from no matter which way you go, it's bad for either the creator house, like, contract owners and, like, the management, or the streamer themselves. Just... Read the contract. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Always read contracts, and, yes. And... Oh, yeah, but you, you say that, but there are lots of cases of quite big esports and youtubers that have just made drama because they've missed some small print and man car come on like in the long run it probably I mean, made them more money but i mean to be entirely honest my, my take on this from someone that like watches like you know some esports is that if you're in an esports situation where you're starting to actually get proper contracts for like being on a team right you're probably at like upper end of tier two or going into you know majors at tier one at which point you can afford a lawyer so get to so get a lawyer to read over your contract yeah like you, you don't have to pay for a lawyer 24 7 you just pay for a lawyer to read over the contract and, and you know point all the important bits out to you and, and then they go off you know like become a patron to legal eagle or leonard french or something you know they'll do it they won't that's not please they're normal youtubers just leave them alone but you know, like, it's just, if you're, like, at that point where you're considering going into, like, the CDL or the OWL or LCS or something, and you don't bother to get someone to read over your contract, like, even just a family friend or someone you know that is smart, this sort of stuff, and has some knowledge of law, like, you should just get someone to read that contract other than yourself, like, oh, God, please. It's still bad advice, but, like, it's even better just get, like, a, like a parent or, as you mentioned, a family friend to read over it just because it's good to have a second point of view no matter what like gets it get like i don't know get your partner to read it as well as maybe a really close friend just to make sure if you really want to for some reason avoid a lawyer for some reason um but i would say that's like good for anything really if 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 um uh like <laughs> if you got an email saying you've won so much money Get someone to read it just in case. Uh, yeah. Another thing with the YouTube streams, right, is let, let's have a look right now at like how YouTube treats some of their bigger streamers, right? And when I say this, I'm not necessarily speaking people that uh, pull the most views 
even necessarily pull the most money, but the people they are in huge financial contracts with, right? Right. Dr. And I'm going to have to send some images. I, I will describe this to the stream, but I will send some images for the benefit of whatever people in the call here. Uh, this is the, a screenshot. I've sent a screenshot of basically the current channel, right? Uh, the Clip It channel I'm streaming to. And if you go to the channel homepage, it will have a little banner and it will show... Um, the current title of the podcast, the thumbnail, and that we're live streaming it, right? Mm. And we're just a, a small random channel as far as YouTube is concerned. This channel that's also shown as live in my subscriptions on the left-hand side is the Overwatch League channel. They are also live right now, and they are in a multi-billion, uh, multi-million pound contract with uh, Activision Blizzard to stream here. And it doesn't promote their live stream, which is just like, why? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if I want to watch the Overwatch League, I see that they're live on the site and I have to go to videos and then click on it. It's just, it's just absurd. Like, it, like any, everything YouTube does makes no sense to me. Because, like, you, you're in yeah. a contract. You're paying these people to stream on your platform, and you're not even promoting the stream. Like, Can I ask what? you a quick question? Yeah. What's the channel above Overwatch League? Uh, that is a random photographer from Alberta, Canada. Who's live? Yeah, they're currently streaming a, a, a time-lapse uh, live footage, whatever you want to call it, of uh, some mountains in Alberta. Nice. Yeah, no, YouTube is really weird when it comes to promotion. From what I'm aware, most streams I've seen, the only reason I can say the one that Blizzard is a bit broken is just because they're a corporation. They've obviously been paid and work with YouTube. So there's something, for some reason, it's just broken there. Uh, like, if you were to go, I don't know, I don't know if Doctor Disrespect is live right now. Um... Wait, why is the second one crashing on mine? Yeah, he is live. So, like... Oh, it's the same from his channel, actually. It gives you a trailer, and then... Interesting. Oh, it's because he's not live. It's weird. Yeah. It, it Look, I thought he was live. It's just because his thumbnail says live, and he has live in the title, so I just assumed <laughs> he was live. Um, <laughs> oh, that's cursed. Oh, the thing is, as you mentioned, there's no easy way to look for live channels. Fuck it, let's just... Yeah, 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 just go find a big live channel, Charles. It's uh, most easy to do on YouTube. There we go, features live. Uh, CSGO with Valorant. Wait, what the fuck's this? Oh, someone's doing CSGO. CSGO with Valorant? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. So, yeah. it. Just do it all at once. Oh, that was a mad... Um, wow, it gives oh, you a good... LEC's varied... live. That's, that's a good example. Reacting to Fortnite montages, read description... So, so the LEC is an even funnier one. Um, uh, so the LEC, for those that don't know, is the League European Championship, right? Um, yeah. It's a big, big esports event. One of the biggest esports event in the world, actually. Um, and their streaming thing has the preview again, like like we do on this current channel, where it's like, yep, here's the stream title, here's the thumbnail, this is live. But also then a separate section with the same stream that says live now, and then a section with their upcoming streams. Okay, so like, why is it there twice? This isn't kind of related, but it's also really confusing. If you look up Dr. Disrespect and insult it by live, there's a good, like, six out of seven channels that just say reacting to Fortnite. I don't understand the community in general, to be completely honest, but, like, is this a thing I'm just not aware of? YouTube is weird. Yeah. Again, with a bigger user base, you will get a lot weirder. <laughs> stuff oh my god that is just the genetic it's not even looking up I mean, one thing i'll say and again i don't have full experience of this but it sure sure seems like if you're non-english but like you're just gonna be way better off streaming on youtube like it's discoverability and, and platform in different languages is just better than twitch but like 
just an insane amount. So here's a channel that I think everybody would love. Um, 24 hour livestock check of the RTX 3060, 3070, 3080, mm -hmm. and 3090. Yeah, those streams have been getting popular lately. <laughs> I wonder. I don't know if they're actually like decent because I've not like active. I I've clicked on a couple of them, but I don't know how accurate they are. Like even with YouTube delay, I think you might be too far behind to have a chance. That's a good point, actually. But I don't know. It's not something I have expertise in. I've just seen them pop up an unfortunate amount. Yeah, um, it is unfortunate. I mean, YouTube's own live page, right? Like, they do have a live section. It's right at the bottom of the web page, and, and it's really hard. And oddly enough, it's a channel, uh, because it's a bit like how YouTube does um, like categories in music, where they're like channels that you subscribe to that have other channels. It's weird. Like, it has an upcoming live stream section, of which two of the live streams in it are already live, for me. Hell. It's like, how do you even manage that? Surely it's just checking, like, when the scheduled time is, and if it's live, and that's all you have to check, it's whether it displays there. Yeah. And it's like, like it's even a small channel, it's Vicstar. Oh, yeah, who's only got 2.9k viewers, which is a oh, hell nice. of a surprise. Um, his Warzone content's probably better, that's why. Uh, yeah, again, like, I genuinely probably would move over the, oh, I don't know, it's hard to say, the benefits I like of YouTube are that, you know, you've got custom thumbnails that you can put up, you know, the whole back end is a bit more customizable when it comes to actually streaming, it's a little bit nicer, the analytics, the live analytics are quite nice, um, <coughs> but, you know, I, I, I like the panels on Twitch, I like the emotes, the customizable emotes. Um, I like the community aspect of Twitch. Yeah, obviously. Don't, don't get me wrong, there are many problems with it. Um, and there are, it has ups, ups and downs, and there are worse people on Twitch with poorer communities and, and people that promote bad stuff, and all of that jazz. But but when you go to like a, a perfectly good Twitch channel where like you, you like the streamer and the people that are, are streaming are good and... The, the people watching are good. Like, th that community sense of, like, everyone using the emotes and, and everyone chatting and making the same in-jokes. Like, th there's that sense that, like, someone once described it, um, Twitch chat as a bit like a crowd at a sporting event, right? Like, when you get to one of those channels, like, you know, the, some of the big Twitch channels, like, uh, X Ninja and Tim the Tatman and that, um, like, they have so many viewers that the emote, the, like, the chat becomes, like, unusable from a communication standpoint. It's just emote spam and the same copy pastas and all of this stuff. But at the same time, like, that is the same, like, concept as being in a crowd at a sports event and everyone just cheering and saying the same things and, like, like a football event, right? Like, mm -hmm. it, it's it's comparable and it's not directly the same, no, but, like, it's that same sense of a community of people all doing the same thing because they're all excited about the same thing. And I think Twitch does that really well with its chat. Like, that is one thing that Twitch does stellarly is having that sort of community sense of, like, yeah, I'm, I'm part of this streamer's, like, community and, like... I, you know, see these regulars in chat. Like, even if you're a lurker, like, you still see the same regulars talking in chat. Mm. And you might find one of them particularly funny, and they always, like, use the great emotes and, and say funny stuff. Even if you've literally never spoken to them in your life. Like, which is, is like, for me, I'm, I'm always lurking in Twitch streams. I, I never t talk in Twitch chat, even in the smaller streams. Mm. But there are plenty of Twitch streamers that I could name, like, 10, 20 of the regular viewers of that I would recognize in other places. That I'd recognize if I saw their Twitter. And, and like, that's something that Twitch does, you know, really well, that YouTube... From not, not again, like, I don't really have much experience watching streams or streaming on YouTube. I just don't see how it would like the chat 
on YouTube streams is just doesn't have the emotes and I imagine wouldn't be as suited to copy pastas and all of that side of stuff because of the lack of emotes. And then, but also just, I imagine it has way more bots in it. Like, look at YouTube comments, the amount of bots that are just like, oh yes, this is this is Ninja Fortnite and Ninja Fortnite has commented on this video telling you to go to this link for this competition that Ninja Fortnite has put out. Like, I see that shit on YouTube streams all the time as well. Like, people just, like you know, bots just spamming links in chat, bots just spamming click on my channel with a bunch of like you know ascii art or uh weird unicode characters so that it doesn't get flagged automatically hmm. just so that you know it, it they can just get people to click on their channel and scam kids because that's like half of what goes on on youtube that's... that was a really long rant to say that twitch has got a good <laughs> chat but yeah no I, I, I twitch has got the better community aspect of it it, it, it and customize oh i don't know it's the community side of twitch is so much better i would say the community management streamer management and their overall brand management is shockingly bad and honestly the amount of mistakes they've made i don't understand why they haven't just fired that person no offense um uh i don't really guess that they haven't fired that person i think twitch has probably fired their social media managers more than any other company i think it's just they keep getting hired by the same idiot management yeah it is unfortunate it as mentioned we like as we mentioned before it'd be interesting to see what they do if they do anything with the new CEO of Amazon, if that changes anything, which I very much doubt, but we'll have to see. So it's always an extra element in the cog, and an extra cog in the machine. Yes, um, <laughs> and so that could change something. Again, we don't know. It's 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 uncertain. Probably most likely nothing. But I mean, there is a lot of drama knows? about how um, undiverse Twitch's staff team is in places um a few months back and i feel like that that's like one thing that like for me in my opinion would solve a lot of the problems they have is that a lot of the mistakes they end up making it's just that they try and do something like supposedly they cl they claim they try and do something for good or to be inclusive or to help a community out and they just fuck it up because rather than asking that community or doing any research or getting a member of that community to figure out what's best they just like fumble about and end up doing some weird ass like event and just mess it up completely they just get some person that's completely unrelated and uneducated in the field to do something about it it's like if you want to support like trans people get a trans person there's there's, yeah. there's quite a few of them like and i'm sure they'd love to work at your company like just do it yeah, yeah. that sounds more than reasonable <laughs> no, I, don't know. I don't know how they've managed to keep getting into this it is positions. impressive isn't it yeah it's Twitch yeah. really did like they're, they're on a speed run at this point. It's the fact they haven't had anything massively backfire as well. It's just oh you've done this bad. Oh we apologize and that's that's as much as that's as far as it really goes. Um, which is just surprising honestly. I mean again, so, there's just no competition though, is there? No, since Mixers died, and that was like, if, you're, if you're a streamer on Twitch so. and you get felt really uncomfortable about um, like uh, uh, one of their many events. Because I was gonna pick one, and I realized that, like there's literally so many over the past five years. Like holy shit! Yeah. Like if you felt bad about one, then like what's your option? Like go stream on YouTube? No, the chat's worse. You won't have any discoverability unless you already have a community on YouTube. Like, if you're not big on subscribers from video content, like you're fucked. At least, at least as far as it seems from from the outside perspective so far. Um. Like that's that's weird. Like okay, what well, what if you're a viewer? Like and you found kind of like where do you go to watch streamers? Like you go to YouTube, but you can't really find YouTubers. There's not as many people streaming in like certain fields on YouTube. Yeah. Like it's just like you you just don't. There's just nowhere to go. There just isn't competition to Twitch. That's Everyone's very true. sadly reliant on it. It's upsetting. 
and uh, unfortunate. Yeah, there's nothing really to add to that, I guess. It's like, you know, no, it's, it's really annoying. Um, and, you know, you just have to grind your way. You have to keep mining through the obsidian to get to that diamond to... Because no. there is a bit of luck in any content creation. Just but... don't even Don't even start the Minecraft metaphors. What? Um... You have to keep... do, do you know what's something that I've just discovered though? Have... This no, is going to be really Let me finish my segment. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, you have to keep mining until you get that that diamond because there is a there is an aspect on any content creation where the more you put into it, the, the more you get out of it. Again, as mentioned, there's a huge element of luck, but the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. You know, no matter what. And talking about mining, our server's recently gone very well. That's why I did that anyway. You carry on. Okay, so I like that I had one small offhand comment to make. It's literally like one sentence, and he interrupted to continue a segue to a next category. That is beautiful. I love you. Right. All I was going to say is Vicstar's part of the sideman? You didn't know this? No, because I knew Vicstar from years ago. Before the sidemen were even a thing. Like Vicstar's was just a gaming channel from 2013. Yeah, and he's been part of the sidemen ever since. When did he join? He wasn't a part of the sidemen aid. Like, sidemen didn't exist when I was watching, or like when I knew of Vicstar was like a big time. I've never watched him. Oh, I'm finding out when he joined. Because I swear he's been there. The sidemen are counted as a music group according to Google. Everyone's counted as a music group according to Google. The that surprised me, I'm not going to lie. He's co-founder of the Sidemen? Yeah. Oh, the KSI group. Okay, what do you know? I know one person from it, KSI. You don't know? Oh, my God. Okay, nobody knows the YouTube. Um, no, no, I've heard of them. Why would I? I don't, I don't watch don't... them. Yeah. I've... Uh, I wasn't sure. What? Who was I thinking yeah, of? He was, oh, yeah, I was he's... thinking of the Misfits. He was, yeah. He's been active since 2010. And mm. in 2013, he created Sidemen. So, wow, okay, Sidemen has been around mm. way long. I thought 20, Sidemen were created in like 2016. No. Yeah, I thought it was quite a recent thing. I only heard they've about it. Oh, the house was 2014 to 2018. That's probably why. Yeah, like they did a lot of content when they were younger. Oh, God, that takes me back. Um, they've changed a shit ton right now. Um, he was on, in 2021, Michael McIntyre's The Wheel. As a celebrity yes! expert in gaming. Yes. Oh my god, I forgot he was. That was cringe, man. Oh. Right. Yeah. Modern, modern YouTube is crazy. Like this, this is another thing we we're talking about earlier. We're like the vlogging. We'll get to your segue at some point. Don't worry. Um, yeah. We're like how vlogging has changed over the years. But my god, I feel like a boomer in comparison to what YouTube content is like now. Like it is, it has changed so much. It is so different. Like the general attitude of like you know, young kids on and stuff and what they're watching on YouTube is so like it's it's weird. It's just I like I couldn't have predicted it in any way. Like like Dream SMP being big, like all of that stuff happening. Like the way like you've got these creator houses, like it just it's just it's content that I just would never have seen being like what YouTube is now, right? Because it's just not what we were watching. It's not what was big when we were that age at all. No. Uh, it's just weird. It's I, just weird to me. I don't know if it's, you know, obviously it's the nostalgia. There's a, there's a Will and E video with. on my thing that's sponsored by BBC Free. I mean, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> that group. Oh, maybe really... it's not. Maybe they're just watching BBC Free. It has BBC Free in the logo. It's weird. Um, Yeah, it's probably a Reddit video. Will and e. I don't know. I don't watch this channel. But that's a really recent group, E Boys, that I haven't uploaded for months. Um, 
Why Malik lost his hair? That's true, because of the Sidemen. Man, they're all clashing together. Uh, but no, I like. Do you remember when British YouTube was like fourteen YouTubers? Yeah, like honestly, that, yeah, like, that's, like, like unironically. That's what I mean. Is when we grew up, we had like uh, that was the, the, the Yorks community. Cast, the Yorks cast was one of my favourite groups to watch. Um, Simon and Lewis. And well, thankfully, you can still watch them now at yeah. Twitch.tv/YorksCast and YorksCast.co.uk, where you I, can see all I, of their excellent streamers. I unironically think the majority of people that still watch them are just the ones who watch them from the beginning. Because I don't think... Um, I, I don't know. Their content has uh, changed. I would... No. I reckon they've picked up a lot of uh, a younger audience. Can we be word that, please? No. I, I okay, think I, I, that I interest, unfortunately like, accurate. Not that, not that I'm going to necessarily uh, critique you too much here, because it's not that really relevant, but... Out of interest, who, how many of you... Uh, how much do either of you watch the Yogscast currently? And that can be the Yogscast Twitch content uh, on their main channel, Yogscast. It can be any of their partnered streamers uh, or affiliated streamers. Or it can be any of the uh, the main YouTube channel or any of their partnered affiliated YouTube channels. I watch a bit of the hit uh, the hit show hat films. I think I got there. Okay. Um, just because they've been doing a lot of series, they've done been been a lot, doing a lot of videos on their old like watching their old videos, which I used to watch. So just watch. That's that. fair. That's fair. That's like that's all I've watched of the Yorks cast in the like the last five okay, years. Okay, what are you feeling? Uh, nothing at all. The only thing I've watched in the past few years. For some reason, there was a short period like um, where like like highlight compilations were recommended to me, but that's all stopped. And like, it's been like probably half a year since I've even seen one of those be recommended. Okay, fair enough. But that's so the closest I've got in like five years. My my opinion then, as someone that watches the main Yorkscast channel, not every upload, but. But near enough, like I don't watch their Among Us content or their Project Winter, which is basically like a different game but similar to Among Us. Like I mostly watch their TTT um, peculiar portions if they're doing that, their GMOF sandbox videos and, and stuff. And I watch um, a good few other channels and streamers and stuff uh, from from the community or their partnership group, whatever you want to call it. Uh, what's the fucking word? I can't think of it. YouTube member, um, like like Machinima. What are they called? Uh, YouTube network. Um, network. That's the word. Because that's basically what the Yorks are now. Is that yeah? They definitely do not have a younger audience uh, than they did when they were, they were big on YouTube. Um, I mean, like maybe because YouTube just has more younger people on it, you could argue that. But like their content now is um, very much just kind of like it, it basically serves one purpose to advertise the other people's Twitch channels, right? Like like the main Yorkscast, Lewis and Simon channel. Simon isn't on it much. For his own personal reasons, there's that you, you could mm -hmm. talk about Simon and, and why he hasn't been in content. Like, like it's a meme in the Ogs cast that Simon hasn't been as much content lately. You know, whatever. Like we all, we all love Simon. He's a lovely, lovely person. Yeah. You know, he's just doing his own thing. He has enough. And that's money. not relevant. The point of like the TTT videos, for example, like the latest TTT video I watched last night um, had. Let me get it up so I can load it up. It had Ben, um, who doesn't really explicitly do content. He's he's more of a staff member, but he's in a lot of their shared content. Basically, like handles the servers and stuff for them. Does a bit of production. Uh, Ben's lovely. He, he's in streams. Don't go wrong. He does streams, but he doesn't have like his own streaming channel. Um, well, I, I say that. No. I mean, let me recreate it. He does have his own stream channel, and he's been streaming regularly to it. But that's more of a COVID thing than it was like what he has traditionally done in the Yogs, right? Like he has been streaming regularly on his own lately, and does his own streams on the uh, the main Yogs channel normally with Lewis, a couple of other people. Uh, Duncan, who does his own YouTube content and streams. Uh, Ravs does streams. Xylus does streams. Uh, Bree. Uh, does streams, Checkpoint does YouTube and streams, Boba does streams, 
right? Like, like the, the whole point of like the YouTube content is if you're a Yogscast fan, whether that is a fan of the main YouTube channel, a historical fan, or you, you particularly like Ravs and Xylus, for example, you watch their streams regularly, the channel, like the Lewis and Simon as its branded channel now, serves sort of as this, this hub where all of these members of the overall partner network get brought together and, and they play simple games that are very easy to get into, like TTT, or they do like Gmod sandbox stuff where they like just do like a Gmod build mm. video. And and it sort of serves as, as like a um like a, like it's almost like a content onboarding service. But like you go here and you're like, oh yeah, that was that was good. I really like Ben. Who's in the video in the description? Oh, twitch.tv slash bedgurs. Oh, let me go on his channel. When's it when's have a look at his schedule? It's like, oh, oh, he's next live on Tuesday. Like that's cool. Uh, oh, on Thursday this week he streamed Admech versus Tau in Rimworld. That's that's good. I like Ben. He was entertaining. Like, like that's kind of what the content there serves. And for that reason, I feel like like, like don't get me wrong. Like, like the Yorkscast, in terms of their success, would be considered like they're not pulling anywhere near the numbers they used to. Like, don't like they're pulling like a hundred yeah. to hundred fifty k a video, and that's fine because that's kind of what the Yorkscast is now. They're not trying to go viral. I, I believe their YouTube channel, main YouTube channel, is actually still losing subscribers. Um, oh. but it has been for years like like it serves more like like they fully transitioned into being a partner network like as a company they partner with people right and uh, it, as part of that agreement that i believe there's different like contracts you can have like like i'm not sure if they still run these so much but back in the day they used to employ people to create content where they'd get paid a wage and then the money they make would just go like from that channel would just be entirely separate then would go straight to the oxcast bank um but obviously they also now and i believe mostly now more commonly do um like the standard partnership agreements like we take a percentage of your revenue and provide these services which is that yeah part of the services that you get advertising you can have merch done through the official yorkscast store which isn't just like a partnered store where they like get you know spreadshirt to make shirts for them like they, they have their own suppliers and stuff like the same way like ltt store works um they you know have thumbnails and editors and stuff that you can use they have an office that you can reserve space in to go and use their recording obviously with covid that's all been a bit more complicated than usual because you know you know they haven't been using the office as much and everyone's been working from home but you know for, say covid wasn't a thing right and and we were a member of the oxcast we would have the ability to go and use their camera equipment and their recording studio and their you know proper uh, office and stuff facilities that's mm. part of what being a partner with the oxcast means there's a very different attitude to like traditional YouTube partnership with like Machinera and how that was done back in the day. It, mm. It's a much more like closed knit, um, like sort of everyone knows each other, very tightly sort of done. We can work together to create content. I, as far as I can tell, does not turn much of a profit, um, if any profit. I mean, for example, they started their own convention recently, which again, like you think, well, Yorkscast have been have been losing a bunch of money. They've been losing a bunch of views and subs. Like, how are they running their own convention? It's like because they've transitioned from being a big viral sensation on YouTube that they were in, you know, the early 2010s to being more of a sort of small community where they run a small convention in Bristol, a bit like Coxcom with Jesse Cox, right? Um, where they run that, and like they, they chose to run that at a loss because like they just they, they can, right? They they can build up a bit of profit and then just run that at a loss because it's just a way to give back to the community. It, it's more of like a sustainable staying at the same size just getting everyone by earning the money than it is like a trying to go for a big viral thing i forgot jesse existed jesse's lovely yeah he is no there's nothing wrong with I'm jesse i forgot he, <laughs> forgot he did content yeah I, I, I don't know who like the hit cool guys on youtube i'm still in 2013 bro nah that's I'm surprised fair. they still call the channel lewis and simon at this point to be fair yeah like, it's, it's that's not a bit like, of a meme in the community <laughs> I can understand it because it is 
It's... I think it's just for, for SEO. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm 99.9% sure it's for SEO. Like, if you Google Yogscast Simon, um, mm. or, like, or if you search Yogscast Simon into YouTube, I'm presuming the top channel will be Yogscast Lewis and Simon, yeah. And, like, I imagine Yogscast Simon gets a good amount of views. Like, yeah, that brings up Lewis's channel and then Simon's channel. So, that makes sense. And talking about the Yogscast... Yeah. My... my... God, <laughs> Carry on. Slide said they've uh, done my like i know i've been doing ttt for a while but like, i'm scrolling back and it's been way too many times a week for over two years so yeah. far i'm still scrolling it's still there and yeah, absolutely TTT, like, tuesday thursday and saturday currently it used, used to be almost every day at one point yeah i i i, I how can you do that like almost day after day recording ttt they for don't that amount of time i don't know yeah, that's the thing they don't. What they do is you get a, you get the group together, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, say, for example, if I go back to a TTT video um, two like months ago. Record like six hours. Uh, this TTT video has but Lewis, Ben, best. Duncan, Ravs, Rivian, Pedgwin, and Pover in it, right? Yeah. What they do is they get that group together and they record for I like literally like the whole day taking breaks. And that but is content for months. That, that is yeah, content oh, for the next like four months. But that's still, that's not any better. You're still playing the same amount of TTT, is my point. Over I mean, yeah, but they vary it a lot. Uh, maybe, to be fair. I don't know. I like, know they like use a two lot years of ago, mods. I don't yeah, know like what mods exactly is a lot. It was, like, vanilla TTT in the roles. Maybe not two years ago. God, the sense of time with Pandemic is weird. Maybe, like, two and a half years ago. I don't know. I'm old slightly. I've been watching the a long time. Um, like, uh, uh, at one point, it used to basically just be, you'd have your traitors, you'd have your innocent, you'd have a detective, and they had modded weapons, right? Um, right. and, like, stuff like that, you'd have extra stuff in the traitor menu, extra stuff in the detective menu, like, pretty boring, generic stuff. Then a while ago, they added, uh, the roles, where you now have, like, the jester, the phantom, the glitch, um, the traitor can have a hypnotist, um, yeah. like, like, you've got all this, the standard stuff. Which, oddly enough, one of the weirdest things I discovered when they brought in, because the only TTT that I, I have ever watched is the, well, not ever, but the, uh, I watched consistently for a long period of time has been the Oxcast, um, is that those mods exist, but, like, exactly what those roles do can be, like, really quite customized, where, like, one phantom can be, like, really different to another phantom, or, like, one jester can be, like, really different to mm. another jester, and it's really confusing if you swap between, like, uh, like, um, the Achievement Hunter, um, like, TTT, this just the TTT, right? Like, somewhat yeah know, every um, tuesday or wednesday whatever day they do it on so like it's it's yeah, yeah but they've it's, not been no, doing it for four years that, <laughs> that's the thing charles fun fact the oxcast actually entered a partnership in with yeah. rooster teeth where the oxcast's content is on the rooster teeth website like they were a partner channel mm. um because they were doing a, like achievement hunter specifically were doing a lot of ttt it made sense that they offload their ttt audience to the oxcast the oxcast offload their ttt audience to their achievement hunter and that was like a partnership they did like they're not a member of the rooster network at all like they're literally not like they just they just know the guys and they've done uh, a few um uh crossover vids and and stuff and and they've i mean the oxcast have got like long-term friends of like the game grumps and and stuff as well like you know you they have their friends and stuff you could it's interesting Rooster Teeth is the American Yorkscast. Uh, yeah, that's a very common comparison. I would say that Rooster Teeth is a lot more... Uh, like, Rooster Teeth is the American Yorkscast in the sense of, like, at the start, they're not really comparable now because Rooster Teeth is the American Yorkscast in that being American, they ended up going the very corporate route, whereas 
like Yogscast is still like I mean, they're a company, but they <laughs> they're not making a particularly large amount of money. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm-mm. Um, whereas like I'm not I'm saying Rooster is making a huge swathes of money, well, or anything, mm. but like they like they have a very corporate structure. Um, they're owned by AT and T or Warner, whichever one it is. Now, like like they 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 have that whole thing where they just end up being like absorbed by the massive television conglomerates that exist Water in America. Media, apparently. Oh, very good. A division of AT&T's Yeah, I thought it was AT&T. For God's sake, AT&T owns Warner. Of course they do. Uh, yeah, okay. Sure, uh, there's, yeah, there's layers to this, ends. which I didn't... Um... Wow. <laughs> that's certainly something I didn't expect. But no, no, the Oscast is a good example of, like, uh, like what I think is, like, great strategy in, in running a business, in that, like, when they were, like, big on YouTube and Shadow of was popping off, and, like, that, that they, they, they were popping off, for lack of a better term, right? They sort of founded this company. They had all like the, the benefits of that for tax reasons. Like a lot of people don't know this about Shadow Israel, but they employed like Tom and Ben as, as producers, right? They had writers. Like like they were running it like a TV show. You know, they had an editing team. Yeah. Um, they had an audio team. They had all of it. Like it was properly done. You know, you have like Sparkles and stuff running the audio, and um, like all of that was like was done. It was like it was like how it works, but obviously that wasn't sustainable to now. Well, like mm. they're just not pulling those views anymore. So they sort of, they, they took a stick back, and even though their company is literally bigger, they have more employees, they have a bigger office, like, you know, all of this stuff. They sort of diversified and, and, and were very smart about what they did, and they saw that, like, what they were doing wasn't long-term successful, and they prepared for that, and they've transitioned now to this sort of running as a partner management-like business, where, like, you're part of the Oxcast, you need some equipment for a bit... Um, you want to do something new or like you want to try something out they might you know if, if you can propose them they might help take on some of the financial risk for you um like you need thumbnails and artwork and merch handled for you like i can't remember the explicit name of the um the company because i'm like i'm terrible at memory but like the, the Oxcast is like there as like a you know the the partner network but on the same in like the same building they have like what used to be technically a part of the Oxcast, but now isn't like doing um uh like brand advice for people like if you like they i can't remember what the company's called i, re- I really should know this but they do like um hey like you're running a brand and you want advice on like how to grow your brand like come come ask us like we've been doing this for like 10 years and we have experience of being like popping off and a small brand that isn't popping off anymore so like they do that and i believe they have a, another sub company that technically like or like a sister company that technically now like handles the merch side of things mm-hmm. and they run like a lot of merch for not even just like the Oxcast. I, mean, I believe they do it for some smaller like british channels and and stuff like it just makes sense uh, they even publish games now Yogscast officially publish games um they, they run like game jams and and you know help people publish games and help promote those games on youtube and, and stuff because they have <laughs> it, it makes sense right like if you're looking at some indie games right whereas historically you might like give your game and a code out to some YouTubers to get content. The way this was, you publish through the Yogscast, and part of that publishing agreement, part of the way that, you know, they pay you back for being the publisher, is that they will get some of their Twitch streamers to stream it, and they will have it on their YouTube channels, and they will promote it on their Twitter, and that's, like, part of the the content, right? Like, mm. it, it makes sense to do that. Like, they're not, like, don't get me wrong, they're not just publishing, like, absolute crap asset flips. Like, they are publishing games yeah. that they genuinely think are good. Like sure? your ventures. It's, yeah, yeah, like, like, um, like Landlord Super. Do you Landlord remember Landlord Super? Super? Yeah, that game. It's a great game. Like that was published through them, and like no one ever thinks about that. But it, it's one of those like silly games made by a like a tiny team. And they're like, this is cool. We want to like put some content out on this, and like um, they've got Glurp going out and stuff. Like like you know that that's all good. 
Which one's Landlord Super? Oh, right. Okay. I thought I've seen one video on this. I think. Yeah, I've seen a few videos on it. Okay, fair enough. I didn't know that they were. There you go. You're right. I didn't know they were behind it. Decent. Yeah, it's it's oh. it's interesting. Like like I think they did a very good job at, like I say, recognizing that they weren't gonna be. You know, they're not like PewDiePie currently, right? They're not Vicstar streaming currently. They're not they're not a big channel anymore, and they aren't going to be able to do that. Um, and don't be wrong, sadly, the Oxcast over the past couple years had some real unfortunate situations of a couple members being horrific, horrific people. Um, and that really stuck for them because, you know, it sucked for the community to all have to go through that. It sucked for the victims. It sucked for um, them as a company. And to their credit, while I think there are a lot of criticisms you could have at how they've dealt with stuff in the past, um, like like Lewis as an example has been controversial. I mean, I even within the Oxford community, people will be still to this day controversial about whether you, Lewis is a good person or not. Because, for example, one of the people that was ousted as a pedophile and sexual abuser, right, he basically, when, when there were allegations against them on a stream, said, I'll just shut up and you're just making bullshit up. And like, he has apologized for that and regrets that. But, you know, some people said he should never have done that. And, and I'm pretty sure if you asked Lewis, in my opinion, from what I see of Lewis now, if you asked him that today, he would straight up say, yeah, I should not have done that. It was immature and it was wrong, right? Like, mm. he, he can't take it back. It's been said and he has to own the consequences of that. But, you know, he would regret that. And, and that's like a shame in that sense. So they've had like a lot of, of stuff to go through, but they've, they've really grown as a company and they're kind of just, just there now, like doing their own thing. And I, I think, you know, good on them really is, is the general gist. Like they kicked out the bad people and they're, they're just running it. Like COVID has obviously been slightly weird with, with stuff because they used to do on the main Yogscast channel, all of these streams at the office in their stream studio where you'd get like their, you know, different members that, that lived local to Bristol where they're based. Um, in and they they do community streams together and you'd have people that aren't local uh, on call on discord and, and stuff um and all of that but obviously that's not been doable in covid because you can't really have people in the same area so they've either been at the office in separate rooms doing that um because because for context like their office is really awesomely made they have like a bunch of recording booths where every computer has like two screens um and, and stuff right and, yeah. all, and a mic and a he two headphones with so like two people to be in there i think they make you plug in more than that every single one of those and the stuff and all of the computers in the streaming studio can all be audio and vision mixed at one central hub um which is awesome so like they have like steve and sam and that and uh i think cj or something he's called one of the other guys i forget i don't watch their twitch content very often but um that will like sit and they'll have like a full mixing desk and you can just take any one of those rooms and the audio from the and the audio from discord and just pipe it all for like properly it's, it's, it's like proper industry standard equipment Hmm. which is cool but obviously they haven't been able to make use of that as much during covid so that the streams have been a bit like all over the place and stuff but like that's kind of fine like they're just kind of vibing and like, i respect it that's fair yeah <laughs> it's uh it's yeah it's yeah, hard it's... to come because yeah i don't know too much about your cast so it's hard to say from that point onwards but yeah, you yeah, know, it's just interesting because i think a lot of like people don't know what the Oscars do and like that's fine don't get me wrong that is absolutely fine because why would you if you don't watch their content you'd have no idea and you'd remember the yogs cast from like the yogs cast right like like you'd remember them from from where they were and what they were and stuff um Who when they were they? big when they were were known across the the you know um like huge swathes of the internet and you know 
I mean, I, I don't know. They, they just kind of do their own thing. And I think a lot of people just, like, aren't really aware of that. Like, I remember the name now. Uh, Fourth Floor Creative is the name of the company because it's on the fourth floor of their office building. Like, they really should have been so much easier to remember that. Uh, but they do, like, influencer marketing, right? So, like, they work with, like, all of the big games companies, with big brands. They help get people sponsors. Um, they help give you advice on how to brand your channel, how to produce your content, how to strategize your content. All of which I think a lot of people don't realize is actually really important in, um, like, in modern, like, YouTube and Twitch. Like, if you're, if you want to be big, right, like, you need to have, like, an understanding of, like, what your content is and its direction and how to brand it and how to market it. Mm. And I think people don't realize how many people they work with that are big names. Colin Furs, he works with Four Floor Creative. Big Star apparently works with Four Floor Creative. <laughs> I just found that out on their website. That's hilarious. Um, like, like, so they, they, you know, they, they make a lot of money doing that as well. Like, they, they run these campaigns and, and do, like, insight and stuff. So, like, you know, I think they've really, like, made smart decisions about what they are doing with their company. And again, I should technically say, that isn't technically Yogscast. It's a sister company that part of what they do as a service may have at one point been kind of done by the Yogs, but, you know, was split by Lewis and Simon separately um, years ago. As, uh, well, not years ago, I don't know, a few years ago, you know, as a separate company. It's cool. They do, they do loads of cool stuff. Decent. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough, isn't that? That's Can't my rant that. about the Yogscast. Yeah. yeah. Talking about the Yogscast. Um. Minecraft. I don't know. Uh, I was going to talk yeah, about the I... server. Um, yeah, I felt like we were going to transition into that earlier, and I've. Yeah, your segue. Yeah, yeah, my beautiful segue that got ruined. Um. Yeah, we we just we launched the server yesterday, our little SMP, uh, which went really well. I'm really happy with it. It went terribly. Going. It went well. Yeah, I had a lot of problems. What server doesn't? Um, and people seem to be really liking it. Working. Um, yeah, it seems to be working well. Right. Uh, most of the mods, oh, all the mods are working well. Just you know, causing. They're not causing issues. It's just trying to find us well, to get them to, to be honest with work you, properly. I've not had a single problem with the proximity audio. You haven't used it. Exactly, and it's been great. Damn, you got I mean, me there. The, the main problem has been it, it's not there's no there's no problem with the mods. It's just money. No. That's the biggest problem. Yeah, we yeah. don't need to get so into that. So donate now and at talk twitch.tv slash tactical TV. I was thinking about my audio setup today. Um, I really do want to move my setup ground, uh, just for convenience. Um, like, I, I'm trying to think about if I get in, uh, like, in the long term in general, if I get an audio mixer, where do I put it? I don't really have an easy spot to put it. That's easy for me to get to, I guess. Um, I've got a few spots, but it just means moving stuff around. Um, but I was talking to someone about how they want to upgrade to an XLR mic. And mm. they were just asking me, like, they, they were just asking, because I was talking to them yesterday about um, if if I get a new mic or a new interface or whatnot, I would probably sell one or the other because I don't need it. The only reason I would keep my interface is if I get a guitar because I want to learn guitar at some point. That, that would be ideal to just, you know, the, I would much prefer to be able to plug my guitar into my computer and then do all the software stuff through that. Um but he was just saying, you know, uh, were you genuinely thinking this? And then I was like, ah, oh, didn't really think about it, to be completely honest, because that's just extra hassle. I can't be asked to go on eBay and Gumtree and whatever platforms you use and see how much they sell for. 
Um, and I was thinking like a, a round number, I guess, if I was to sell my mic in interface is like a hundred. I don't know if that's a fair price to be completely honest. I, I'm guessing because both my interface and my mic cost around the same price. Um, how much does the the eighty twenty twenty cost? Uh, seventy five, brand new. And how long have you had it? <laughs> Four <laughs> months. You break five months. Give me a moment. Okay, yeah, I, think 100 is, I think a hundred is underselling that, like in my opinion. What for both? Like hundred ten, hundred twenty. I was gonna yeah. say hundred and ten, but I don't want to be finicky. Um. But I was thinking if, like, because the only reason I'll sell this mic and my interface is if I get a mixer. And I was just thinking, well, if someone wants to buy it for that price, I might as well sell it and then get a uh, a, uh, a mic I prefer. Because I've always been vocal about this. I don't like the way my mic sounds, personally. I, feel, I find it, I find it uh, a bit too gritty sounding, a bit too harsh on the lows, in my opinion. That's just, it's very minor. I'm not saying like it, this mic is general. It's you know most XLR mics, all of them are different no matter what. Um, that's just my opinion. It's not a bad mic in any way, shape, or form. Uh, that's just me hearing my voice day in day out for the last five months, I guess. Um, yeah. It's, it's like I, I, the thing I wanted this like I was not trying to get across yesterday when I said I want a new mic. I also forgot some things that I wanted that we were listing off. So, you know, half funny. Um, I got it in September, yeah. so yeah, I've had it longer, six months. That's not how that works. Nine, three, five months, I was a month off. Um, <laughs> fuck off. I bought it for £73. Okay, so yeah, there you go. Um, but no, it's not, I'm not trying, I don't want to get a new mic because I want a higher quality one. I just want one with a different sound because I personally don't like the sound of the AT2020. Just the very minor issue. And again, I know that also comes down to the, what interface yeah. you're using um if there's any noise which is again a very minor difference but yeah i was just thinking potentially if someone would want to buy it and i had an inter if i had an audio mixer i could you know sell this off and get a better mic or one that i'm happy about also the thing i yeah. missed off yesterday i wanted a new keyboard anyway um oh, screw keyboards that's well, all i'm saying and comment to that Funny. I mean, there could be a device you could rent shortly that might help you decide rent. You oh, know, what sort of keyboard. Sake. How much do you want for it? How much are you asking to rent it? Thank you. Uh, like a couple of quid. I'm not a mad man. Okay. Interesting. I know. Actually, no. It's not the keys I care about. I just want a sixty percent keyboard. I much prefer how they look. Okay. Um, with my right. current desk situation, it. I keep running in. I. I. Every time I'm playing games, no matter what game, I'm always hitting the side of my mouse onto the side of my keyboard. So I just want a smaller keyboard. 60% is all I really need. I don't 60 care. 60% is awful. <laughs> Having been stuck with one for way too long, admittedly it was awful in other ways, but the form factor itself, go for 10 keyless. Or some other no, okay. tool form factor. Okay, yeah, it's, 10 keyless no, I can it see. It depends but... on situation, in my opinion. Like, it really depends. But there are some really nice custom 60% keyboards that I really like the look of. Keycaps, I mean, like, like, keycaps, like the, the actual switches, I don't mind. You know, I, I'm not fussy over what keycap I, what key no. I actually get, sorry. I wouldn't That's want weird. mushy. But, like, I wouldn't, I want mechanical... I'm not going to bat an eye if I get a red or you if get I get... get mechanical, trust me. I'm not going to bat an eye if I get a cherry red or a cherry brown. I really don't give two shits. 
you know? <laughs> How dare you. Okay, right. No, what I will say, on, on keyboard sizing, right, yeah. is it really depends on what you're doing. Because in almost all situations, I could not live with TKL or below. They're just absurd to me. I need my 10 key for a very, very, very simple reason in that I do programming and I power use my computer, right? If I don't have a full keyboard, I, I, I cannot use my computer. Like, it is it is not possible for that side of things. But for something like gaming, right? Like, if I'm playing, like, a competitive FPS like Overwatch, I would much rather a 60% because it gives me more space for my mouse, which is just useful. Yes. So, like, I think it really depends on the situation. Like, it really depends. If and it were... sounds pedantic as hell, but if I was in my ideal money's not an option, I would just have multiple keyboards for different situations and multiple mice yeah. for different situations. That's basically what but I was obviously it's say. absurd, like, in reality. Because you can get those, like, half keyboards that are literally just, like, the left side of the keyboards, like, uh, QWERTY, yeah. and I think it ends there. But, no, the amount of time... Not the amount of times... Apart from the fact, like I say, that my keyboard was shit outside of just the form factor, just missing buttons like the home key. And the when, or at least in my experience, I found when a game or a program required the home key, the insert key, any of those for whatever reason, they couldn't be rebound. A load of other keys, like any of the alphanumerical ones, could normally be rebound. No chance for like the home key and things. No, yeah. And it didn't like happen an, um, often, but it was enough for me to be like, yeah, no, fuck not, that. Not that I've come into the problem of I need to use a home key and not have one because I have a home key. Also, how do people use PCs and type without a home key? It's crazy. Anyway, um, like I, I've been in situations absolutely in games where I remember stuff being on like one of the home and, you know, insert keys and it's just not rebindable for some reason. Yeah, It's really weird. Uh, one thing I would I'd give you advice or, uh, on, or just a small recommendation as a friend, although I'm not necessarily sure it's a problem now, now anyway, is that if you do ever need that, have that problem in, in your, um, I can't speak, in life, uh, install Paratoys, Microsoft Paratoys, and use the keyboard manager to remap a key elsewhere on the keyboard to home. Yeah. It is a great, the keyboard manager in Paratoys is so useful. Okay. Oh, but I think you can tell me to use auto hockey then for a minute. Uh, you uh, auto hockey is also a more than valid example. Um, it's just less accessible. Mm. You manage a UI. You just say I want this button to go to this one, and it works. So yeah, decent. Yeah, yeah like I don't know personally. Um, I suppose the other thing to remember okay. is I use my keyboard on my lap, like. My and my mouse is on a mouse pad. It's got as much room as it's gonna get. My keyboard's on my lap, so I'm in a different position. As far as I'm, I don't know anyone else. I know people do, but I don't know anyone else personally who uses a keyboard on their lap. I, I, yeah, no, I, I like my the only the closest I can t come to that is my old desk. My mouse, my keyboard, sorry, was on like a pull-out tray, and there was literally no room for a mouse on there, so I'd use it on like a on a layer up, which was a little oh, awkward and annoying. Yeah, um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe I would need the home key, so ten keyless would be probably fine. It's just because I've seen some really cool looking sixty percents. Um, I quite like the lock on. I think they they so. they they lend themselves to customizability more than other keyboards because it's a very defined shape that is yeah. very uh, regular, consistent, symmetrical enough. Symmetrical. Like it, it sort of just it gives you like a a nice bit to like apply a style to, right? In comparison to like a full size keyboard where it's like weirdly shaped and not symmetrical at all, and you can still get really nice custom keypad sets and stuff. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's just that, like, 
creating, creating an overall theme across the board is harder. I would also like to say, I don't know if I mentioned this yesterday. Um, oh, no, I couldn't have just mentioned it yesterday because uh, <laughs> I was the I only found out today. But this um, Gokslan Mini I'm looking at on uh, a website for sale, uh, a resale site. I didn't realise the reason the person... Because it's always a good idea when you're checking Facebook, eBay, Gumtree, um, why that person, if they put in the description why they're selling it again, because you can find out um, you can find out if it's going to be any issues with it or something that uh, could make it not worthy to pay that much for, I guess. Um, and looking at this one, the user simply put... Uh, that he opened, plugged it in for long enough, to didn't realise he plugged it in and uh, realised after a short amount of time it doesn't work with Mac. Now, hmm. surely you would do your research before buying something that also, costs around why would you Also, why would you resell it for, not, I'm going like, to bring up the price specifically, but like the price that they were starting the auction at when you could just return the product? That's also a very good point. Like, it, I'm, even if it's yeah. outside of return window, I'm pretty sure you could just annoy customer service to get that product returned and get the full refund. Yeah, it genuinely surprises me. Um, I'm not going to complain because if it goes for under 100, my uh, my limit because the bid ends tomorrow. My limit's 100 pound. So if it goes over that, I'm going to not bid anymore. But if I can get it for under 100, I'll be more than over the moon for that. Uh, I feel like it is because there's currently eight bidders and it's 17 hours left at 81 pound. So I I feel like it's going to probably hit uh, 140. I could see it hitting 140 easily. But then again, I have sold items. Yeah, the only thing I would I would so. mention is just to let you know that Stream Deck is supported on macOS since High Sierra 10.13. This is the GoXLR Mini. Oh, right, yeah, I'm going mad, aren't I? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh, I, I, I don't know why. I, I don't have a brain. Yeah, continue ignoring me. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like this would go over 140 anyway. But if I can get it anyway, that that would be perfect, you know. At the, the Maybe cheapest I'm going to outbid you now. I the think. cheapest one, I don't care, so I'll buy it off you for £110. Um, the cheapest one I can find is, is 140 because delivery issues as we discussed on the podcast before because of brexit so and that's i was like these are the only ones that are in stock ebay no, sorry amazon sells them for i think 115 retail but there's none in stock at the moment i could be wrong with that number i think that's when i last saw a retail for so who knows um but Indeed. yeah no that was uh I just found that I found that really like yeah that's that's I, I just thought why why uh why would you not do your research but that's that's even more of an important point because he hasn't had it that for that long surely if he just plugged it in realized it doesn't work and now he's reselling it he can't have had it longer than a week so he surely could have returned it that is certainly quite weird hmm. um he also started the bids at 10 pound yeah, that's on that's higher than I'd expect. Yeah, that's I notice a lot of people start them at the pound. I think that's because Hell you yeah. get you can upload posts for free without having to pay. Um, I think that's to do with like the whole thing you have to pay to put products up over a certain price. I think they allow you to do unlimited amounts for like a pound offers. 
No, sorry, not office. I'm starting. Uh, you bitch. only have to pay for like um, it's like wild shit, like property. I think property cars. cars yeah, cars. Um, but yeah, like this wouldn't come into it at all. Like he could have started the bidding at like seven hundred pounds, and he'd have been fine. Oh, fair. I know I would have bought it, so he wouldn't have been fine in that sense. But interesting. There's another one that's already gone up to nine and uh, eighty pound, and it's only been up for a day. This I don't understand. Why does some items sell for a lot? Oh, it's because he's got a shit ton of um, karma or whatever the eBay equivalent of karma is. Feedback. Feedback. Yeah, he's got a shit ton of feedback, so he's probably got people watching all the time, which is uh, something I recommend. Look for people who you you have to be careful. You can't. You don't want to trust someone with the smallest amount of feedback because that's never a good sign uh, if they're selling a lot of items. Um, but it also could just mean, you know, they've, they've only sold one or two items in their life. Secondly, if there's someone who's sold hundreds of items, obviously they're going to have a lot of feedback. So there's going to be more and more people keeping an eye out what they're selling. I love selling. that you're giving eBay feedback, the person who, yeah, from what I've seen, is fairly new to the, yeah, the buying and I selling I sold on eBay. one item on there, and that didn't mm. go well the first time, but went perfectly the second, uh, which was upsetting because it didn't go for as much as I was hoping it would. That's the that's literally the nature. It depends on when you upload it, when it finishes, um, and all that. You wanna ideally like this one. That the the one thing I'm hoping for is the fact it finishes at two p.m. tomorrow. So a lot of people are gonna be in work when it finishes. So they probably won't be able to do their final biddings. And that's no. I imagine some people have already just put in their max bid. Yeah, but that's not some person. One person has. Uh. Maybe. Multiple people. Whether I haven't actually checked what the last I bit imagine. is. I imagine that's the, the common way of doing it. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see tomorrow. Do I, mm. I actually know? So I just realised, yeah, if I put in tomorrow, like in the last 10 seconds, if I put my max bin in as 100 and nobody's gone over that, it would just go down to what the le- next lowest one was, wouldn't it? Yes. Yes. I might as well just do that then. If, if obviously, that gets yeah. accepted. Unfortunately, the goddamn, it, it's kind of annoying. Um, it it depends on like who you are, I suppose. But the eBay auto bid system is actually so much better than it used to be because you could. That's why sniping was such a big thing. It didn't sniping. work. I don't remember. I think it was intentional for a while, but then wasn't. It didn't work in like the last minute or something of an auction, or then like the oh, last okay. ten seconds. And but now it does. Like now it it's. That's how it's I won just, that ca- this camera. It, yeah, now it is just an automatic bid. It's already it's in the system. It doesn't like create a new bid each time, which I think is what it used to do. That's one thing. I it it's a good thing and a bad thing. I guess it depends who you're asking. I kind of prefer sniping, but that's one thing I don't understand about some people who bid on eBay. Um, and right. I've seen this firsthand. Is Okay, so I can understand it from the point of you can't physically get to a computer or phone in the last yes. hour, half an hour, ten minutes, minute of well, a bid. But it's when yeah. people straight away put their maximum bid on it. Because then they're just right. relying on... Especially if it's something you're desperate to get. I, I can understand if it's just right. you know, a few Go odd on. items. But like if it's something you really want... You 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 want to be there for those last at least ten minutes so you can see okay this is how much it currently is I may have to put a yeah little bit but more if you in, can't not. be there then 
putting in no, your... No, yeah, no, that I can completely understand. But I just feel like most people... We live in a day and age where technology is around every single corner. Hmm. Just log on to your boss's PC for 10 seconds and put that last bit in. <laughs> you know? I'm sure you can't get fired for that. Uh, yeah, but the, the, like I said, the problem is the auto system is now just so good. It's kind of... It's really not worth coming in at the last few seconds. Like, I think I've, I've been doing it, like, in the hope that the system will trip up or something. No, I've done it literally last second. And the, it, it is just already in the system, unlike it, the way... How, how it appeared to used to be, at the very least. As mentioned, what I'm going to do tomorrow, in the last 10 minutes, I'll just put £100 in. I mean, you may as well just put that in now, though, that 100 Uh, but... That the thing is, the reason I don't want to is because then it shows someone that I've bidded. Yeah. And so they're more likely to overbid me. If I did it in the last 10 minutes, they've got 10 minutes. Or like even if I did it in the extreme, the last minute, they've, <laughs> they've got, got 10 a... minutes to figure out how much you bid and quickly. No, no, no. They've got 10 minutes to figure out, can I get to my boss's computer? How much did he bidded? Shit, I can't afford that. And then there Wait. you go. I won the bid. Sorry, we was kind of zoning out in this conversation. If you bid on a product on eBay, right? right say, say it's okay. currently at fifty pounds. I bid sixty pounds. Yeah. Someone bid seventy pounds. Can I not just bid eighty from the same computer or account? Why do they have to go to their boss's yeah. computer? Oh, I don't no, know why say, Yeah, I'm just saying, if you can't physically access a computer or your phone because you're working in a job, I that doesn't see. Have, right, right. Illegally access another one. Yeah. is what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but no, you just, can. For example, say you say you, <laughs> it really was fifty pounds, and you'd be willing to spend up to like a hundred you could put in a hundred and ebay will automatically increment it when other people try and bid 60 70 yeah. oh 80. i see so you could put like a maximum in and say yeah you know but my upper limit is 150 and it'll just is, bid to 150 yeah it's a yeah it's a system that actually works. it didn't used to work like perfectly but now as far as i can tell it just works perfectly oh god which it's is so, like, annoying, but I can see why. The reason I don't want to do it now is if if nobody else bids on it till the last ten minutes, then mm -hmm. it's less likely. It's like if I do it now, people are gonna. He people... thinks people are gonna let their guard yes. down. Yes, yes, I do. Now that I now that I think about it, because I I was considering that when I've been bidding lately, I'm not sure they are. I think everyone's in the exact same. How boat, many bids have you won? Literally new to English, um, the English language, eBay. Like existence, maybe. How many bids have you won? Oh, doing your technique. Because I've won. Well, I'm just waiting for the last second. Yeah, I've won two out of two. Um, I've won. I mean, a good okay. Handful. <laughs> the problem with this question, though, is that a lot of the time when you bid on something, it's not a question of you winning it or losing it. It's a question of how much money you you want to spend. Like a lot of the bids he may have quote lost would be because he's just gone. Yeah, I'm not bidding more than that. So it's not that you can't you can't judge the effectiveness of the system based on whether he got the bid or not. You can, you can. Um, Fair enough. I don't know. I I might as well just do it tomorrow anyway. Also, I have good news, Charles. What? Uh, I fixed. I I think I fixed the GoXLR Stream Deck integration not working. Oh wow! How? Oh yeah. I was googling about it because I was googling Stream Deck and I had a GoXLR and I forgot to delete Stream Deck and I read it for it came up and I think I fixed it. Oh nice. Apparently it was as simple as just reinstalling the plugin, but I've tried that many times, but it seems to be working now, so maybe it's just a newer version of the plugin. Decent. Yeah, interesting, but epic. Talking about broken shit being fixed. Okay. What okay. Were, what what were your opinions on Inglorious Bastards? 
Wow, that was an awful segue. I wondered if that's great. I can't think of anything else that you could possibly talk about in the stream. And I was hoping there was something, like maybe you are about to say, speaking of which, I fell through a table. That would have been a better segue, but there we go. Not yet. So I lost weight, actually. <laughs> this week, I lost the most weight in the family. What? Wait, did... Okay. Good, good for you. Good for I you. Just, just thought let people know. Yeah, I'm glad. Exactly three and a half pounds. Stop. <sighs> what? Oh, f I don't know what that is in if good units. Don't fucking measure. Yeah, measure it in. You don't measure. Like, you you if you if you come to me and say I lost three and a half pounds, my literal first thought is, I mean, oh, that's annoying, but oh well, I lost one point five kilograms. Like, Thank you. Like now, now I understand that you're talking about weight because you're using a unit for weight. Now I understand how much you've lost. Well done. Good job. <laughs> anyway, inglorious bastards. Fuck stones and pounds. Yeah. So. Don't chuck stones. A film people. that's been recommended by a lot of people over the years, but well, so, you know, my main man tactical here recommended it. Uh, like explicitly, it was under. Amazon as a comedy, and I've heard it listed like as a comedy in the past. Uh, I thought, you know what? All right, sure, let's give this a shot. It was so. Also, disclaimer: on phone, fairly early in the morning. So hey, there may have been things I missed. The prime time to watch a film. Uh, but you know, hey, fuck it, my watching experience. What an overrated film that is. I'm gonna <laughs> be nice and say film. It's so confusing, just not to the point, like, the plot... Okay, let's go through the good points for it, because there were some genuinely good things. The plot was pretty alright, sure, I'll give you that. The acting, yep, yeah, fine, didn't notice any issues there, even, like, the camera work, the cinematography. You know, pretty epic, pretty well done. Beyond that, though, it's just the pacing was all over the place. I have no clue why people call it a comedy. I guess everyone's version of comedy is different, but the Big Bang Theory, whether you find it or not, is still a comedy, right? It's still aimed at being a comedy show. No, nope. yeah, I don't. Personally there was find like, it... oh, oh continue. <laughs> there were a, a possibly five or six. I wouldn't call them one-liners. Perhaps little quips in the film, but I picked up on like a few extra bits. Not enough to be classed as like a comedy. I, I think there's a low there's a bar you have to meet, like attempting humor wise. I'd like to say something as the person yeah, who recommended it. Yeah, I I wouldn't say it's a comedy to. by a comedy standard. It is, it's not a comedy. No, it is it is a mm. an action film. It's a it's official genre is war film. Yeah, but it, like okay. I say, it's listed under Amazon as comedy. If you look up Inglorious Bastards uh, genre. It will come up with... Adventure, drama, war. For me, but yeah. <laughs> Let's have a look. War, action, comedy, dark comedy, adventure, drama. According to... Dark comedy, I would results. say. It's more dark comedy than comedy anything. Like, the, it's not your um, generic Rotten Tomatoes comedy. called it a comedy. I'm guessing <laughs> IMDb Does anyone did. actually use Rotten Tomatoes? No, IMDb was the one I was just reading. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Good. So okay, well, maybe they Google. got it right then. Uh, where is it? Listed. Oh yeah, it's just about okay. Fair enough. Sure. Okay, the pacing. Then let's let's start with that. I I want to talk about this. Place. 
Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All over the place. So it would go from, you know, a, a fairly standard scene, uh, and then it would slowly escalate to a dramatic conclusion. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty fun. That's that's pretty epic. That's, okay. a, that's a good scene right there. I Then, okay. I'm trying to remember the exact scene, though. I was so going to say, could you remember the scene that... It was a scene where last... it went for some reason. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Come on, brain, you can do, do it. Do you remember any of the characters in it? In that scene? Yes. What, how, what... Oh no, I remember in the in the film. Sorry. Okay. Well, yeah. The, the characters are well written, well written, and good story arc. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I was fairly I'm happy trying with to that. Okay. Well, let's out let's what... go back through the things I do remember. For <laughs> a man who I've heard. Uh, Quentin Tarantino obsessed with like little details in his film right yeah the amount of crap like and I'm talking in my opinion at least like shit that I noticed amateur crap where it's things like okay again without fuck it, you know what uh, it's an old not, film not I... a direct spoiler warning 11 years just over yeah. 11 years old god it's 11 years and old meant Jesus. to be a masterpiece which is why I'm holding it to such high regard Okay, it is... also important to note that a budget of 70 million like budget's think... important to talk about when you're like analyzing sure. set design and stuff i believe i read that um the actors who did certain parts in the film were actually sent off to like do some form of training for scalping to make it look more realistic in the film okay okay that's, that like, just sounds okay. like Tarantino, to be completely honest. Yeah, exactly. That sounds like an awesome Tarantino. It's something I'd hear about Tarantino, his awesome eye for detail. But then there's things where the camera will they'll swap from one camera to another and the entire set has fucking shifted. Like, it, mugs are what? in a different place. People teleport across bars. Uh, uh, again, are you talking the about... for detail. Are you talking about the, the bar fight scene? Uh, I the believe before. I am. Don't even, don't even that. That little, is a great scene. That, no, no, no. It's great up until the point where everything goes down, and you know how people say uh, superhero movie fight scenes and thriller fight scenes are over edited. Yeah. I want you to watch that for the first time and tell me what the hell happened before the scene ends. I could tell you without even watching it. You couldn't because it, okay. I could. We have we have twenty people all wearing the same uniform. The camera cuts. That's called military. About seven times. Oh, absolutely. But the camera cuts seven times within the space of two seconds. I could. Uh, I could. This I fight. Genuinely... And you have no clue who's doing what or is okay, having what you done to them. Do you vaguely remember the scene? Because I could, yes, I could yeah. explain to you the first five the, also, the first ex five. Explain cuts. to me why the bartender's teleported back behind the bar. Okay, just so like part way through. I but, yeah, okay, sorry, so I uh, do correct I need to back me. Off. I'm from, my from what I remember, <laughs> from what I remember, because I love yeah. that film, that scene especially because it is a well-documented scene, um, especially yeah. doing media. It is the Tarantino films tend to be quite good study um, films, sure. um, but that scene I remember. Uh, Oh, I'm going to say anyway, because again, it's 11 years old. So sure. we start off with the spy who's, you know, starting to talk to this general. 
getting used to him and he the bar the barman comes over and asks him for drinks or stays yeah. at the, uh, yeah he does come over and asks him for drinks and he says oh yeah I would like free drinks obviously doing yes. free with his hand in a very British way which Jeez, isn't yeah that I just want to say I really like that little detail yeah. like which that's isn't helpful, which that's isn't said up. any it isn't explained anywhere that's just something if you yes, know it, it it's explained in the next scene oh yeah but like don't, I mean, don't give me that it's that, literally explained in the next at scene. the time when that happens if you know it cool oh, you yeah. know it. it gets explained later which is what I like um, yeah, because yeah, they, they have to do that because people will be like, uh, <laughs> "How were they not, caught?" Yeah, yeah. Not to come in with anything that's going to be too disruptive or too long. You are, yeah. as someone that, that has, yeah. I think, on the podcast, been very critical that I think almost all films are shit. Yes. Why is that impressive? Because that's, it's good. That's not impressive. It's, yeah, but that's basic. That's yeah. minimum. That's that's borderline. That's literally the, the bottom of the barrel to make a basic that's, character. That's the if you're world writing a character. In. That's literally step one. That's the world we why live in. Why is that the top tier Tarantino, the best film director ever to have been in existence? I don't know. Like, why it's, not. That. Anyway, it's not. Anyway, anyway, forgetting about yeah, that, he he asked for free so, drinks. Yeah. Um, doing it in a in a non-German way, a, a, a very yeah. British way. At which point the general notices that, but says nothing. He just looks at him. Um, and you can tell by his facial expression what's going to happen. It then cuts to a scene of him yep. pulling out a gun under the table and aiming at him. I think mm -hmm. he touches his leg because the spy knows this. Um, I mean, he also specifically says, hey, I'm aiming my pistol at oh, your okay. testicles right now. Doesn't he say it in German? Is, yeah. uh, no, I think I he says it in English like, to almost like show that he's like, onto oh, okay. them. He's speaking their language, if I remember correctly. Um, and, and then, then he retaliates with, aha, I've had my pistol pointed at your yeah. this entire time. Uh, and then it Which cuts. Is... Then this is when it starts cutting. And if I'm not wrong, so after a few the first yeah, cut so is... Shots the... have fired. Isn't the first cut the guy next to him, the really muscular German... Um, not muscular, but the, the German guy who also, okay. like got away from Germany because he didn't agree... Uh, he f shoots the ge the general in the nuts. At which point, the general mm -hmm. then shoots the spy in the nuts. The spy just shoots the guy in the nuts. Did hit him in the nuts, which is why this cut was also pointless. Just from, like again, what I remember, because it again very fast paced. I'm pretty sure, like you know, the pain of being shot caused him to miss his first Probably. shot, or at least it didn't hit him in the testicles. Hit a child which, in the distance. Well, um, you know, yeah, not that it matters. Uh, yeah. I, I, the and then, is... then the film proceeds to cut a million times. So you have, you know people are shooting each other, but you don't know who's shooting who until literally the end when they're all like finished off by being mowed down by the guy. Apart the from the guy's birthday. The guy's birthday? You mean the guy, the guy who's, who's had his birthday? Had yeah. Oh, no, it's not yeah. his birthday. Yeah, I swear it was his yeah, birthday because they're all celebrating no, yeah, at the son's... beginning. But yeah, it's his birthday. Technically birthday. Yeah, then. because he happened to be in the corner. I'm sure he shifted over. So yes. this, I, I just want to quickly go through that scene. The the bartender, the male bald bartender. Yeah, has a shotgun. Whose side was he? Because I'm, I he's, thought he was on. I want to say he's, because he knows the famous lady. I can't remember her name. Yeah, I can't. Um, but I'm gonna say he's yeah. just general, um, uh, just a, a normal German, a German bystander, just someone there working their job. I don't think he's on anybody's side. He only oh, okay. shoots. I don't even know who he shoots. He I can't reaches... remember. Well, no, that's the thing. So this walk feels like he reached for his. I thought he reached for the gun or put his gun on the, the his hand on the gun under yeah, the counter, did, yeah. when it was mentioned that like it sounded like the German was possibly getting suspicious. I could just be misremembering that. But then he pulls out and shoots towards the Americans. 
like with a fucking shotgun. So this isn't even if he's aiming for the German general sitting with them, it's a shotgun, right? Like I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know whose side he was on. Like thinking back on it. Um. So yeah, it's like a confusing scene. There's the fact the the. Oh, what was his name? The film guy. I can't remember his name. He didn't have the right awards on, which is absolutely like it's something most people won't notice. But when it's Tarantino and I'm being told, oh, he's amazing with detail, someone not having like like, the right drinks like a Brit, bro. It was crazy. (laughs) Someone not having the right medals on is a bit of a. It's it's especially when it's such an easy thing to research. Like, so, I, I, I wouldn't expect people to be like, oh, yeah, I know how to scalp. Gosh, these people are doing it, right? But I'd expect more people to recognize uh, war medals and, like, which ones someone should be able to have. I'd like to say that the cuts, mm-hmm. they are quick, but it is very easy to tell what's happening. In uh, my I'm actually, opinion. I'm going to load up the scene because I need to it's, see it it's, again. it's typical Tarantino zoom-in shots, so you understand who's shooting at what. Vaguely. I mean, also remember, all these people look vaguely the same, not just because of the uniform, but because they're all generic. My... Apart from a couple of people, a fairly similar build. My comment from someone that again fucking hates movies. Yeah. Um, apparently, I'm just like the the portrayer of all critic towards movies. Is that? Do you need to know what's happening? Like, like, like. Let me let me just explain this fully before like okay. you reply. I'm not saying that that you shouldn't be able to tell who's shooting at who and exactly like what yeah. sequence of events just occurred. All I'm saying is, could it not be a better-than-the-other-option stylistic choice to have a, a set of scenes where you have this tension building in this bar, and then, every, you know, snap, everything goes down, all the guns fired, it's just rapid cuts, very confusing, you, you don't fully know who's shooting who, you're not quite sure who's prevailing, to then end with, like, a wide-pan shot and you can figure out then, could that not just be a stylistic choice? That's what they do. Oh, like, yeah, like do you need to know be. who's chewing who like it's, while it's, it's going on in the sense it it is a stylistic choice to do it that way i think the way tarantino did it in that scene is trying to show you who's involved in the fight who gets shot um and then he does a wide shot of everybody dead more or less i think yeah everybody dead apart yeah. from one character um you understand from those shots who gets shot and why they get shot uh like by what or by who but i think it was more of a stylistic choice than anything to just show you there was a huge amount of tension and then just pure chaos for a few seconds and then again just nothingness just just it was just a calm scene um which i again that is it's it's i think it's that scene the best bit about that scene is just the whole character development and the whole bit beforehand than the actual action i don't think personally i would say tarantino isn't amazing at action scenes i would say he's much better when it comes to story story writing characters i wouldn't say he's a professional yeah, the story was i mean overall the story was okay it wasn't anything you are aware that the person from the beginning is the same person as the end yeah the girl okay um but again, again like not not to be critical like everyone can enjoy what media they want right yeah like with, i obviously have absolutely no i've not watched this movie i've not watched a review of this movie and i won't watch this movie i have no interest but 
hearing like you are aware of the person from the beginning of the person at the end it's like wow that trope that is not at all original and not at all special that's been done for thousands of years since the greeks I've, i'll be honest like, when i saw the opening that's not scene... an impressive thing like why are we why are we heralding tarantino as like wow this was a really cool story writing feature and character development feature of this movie that's not impressive at all like it's when not I... even remotely impressive I don't Absolutely. think when I says it was saw impressive. the opening scene and she was getting away, one, I don't know why it took him like so long to get out of the house when he knew what was going on. Two, I was really hoping he was going to snipe her down with that pistol. That would have been quite distance. amusing. I'd have been so angry. That, actually, that first scene is a good scene as well. Yeah, um, the first scene was pretty good. No, the, the reason I took that, Charles, like, like someone was saying it was impressive, is the way you, you said, because Phelan said that like, he didn't think the overall, like, story was particularly special necessarily like not bad just yeah. not like stand out and you were yeah. like you are aware that this uh, suggesting that that made it like some amazing feat which which like, no, you know I'm just fair enough, you sure. can think that it would have it would have been I a complete non-story like, no. if it wasn't the same person to be fair <laughs> it just would have been person doesn't like nazis to kill which i mean technically still works remembering it now actually to oh. be honest i keep going for my glasses i'm not wearing my glasses Something I would say is there are scenes, um, noticeably when he, uh, when she's in the restaurant, uh, oh, sorry, in the cafe, and the movie star comes in, it's like, oh, I'm a hero. Those scenes I feel play out a bit too long. Everything with him, I just found boring. Um, Maybe, yeah. Tarantino, like I say, Tarantino has some weird pacing where scenes will either go from, like, naught to a thousand in a second, which can be fine, but other scenes stay at zero the entire time. And it's... I wish... You could say it's stylistic, but there's just like no cons. It, it reeks of someone who wants to do, who has a million ideas in their head, and they want to do them all without compromising to make them fit together better. Is uh, how I I, I think would say it's hard with that. the thing is the best example I can give you when it comes to Tantino and stylization <laughs> is yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen Django and Unchra uh, Django Unchained. No, no, I've not. But there's a scene in that near the end, it's not a spoiler because it's seen everywhere on the internet now, where, where she, wow. he shoots um, a lady, like in a doorway, and she flies back in the wrong, <laughs> complete wrong direction at about 50 miles an hour. Oh, like, it's awesome. completely, I'm going to get, no, I'm going to get the scene. It's completely yeah. not realistic, but it's okay. done for a stylistic reason because it's, I think he did it because it's funny. Um, not I... like in a comedy, like a comedy sense, but just because it's you see that and go, that doesn't make sense, but it's quite amusing. Hmm. Could I just ask Phelan and Charles? That I'm not going to give plot spoilers uh, for anyone listening in or for you two towards the um, TV series Mr. Robot, but I am going to be giving spoilers about some of the directing choices they made in two episodes. It, it will give zero things about the plot. And okay. you would not pick up on the, these things until you were watching the episodes anyway, which you would know immediately within like five minutes of watching the episode. Sure. Um, but I have said before on this podcast, I think a lot of movies would be better as have a very as TV series that have a very defined start and finish. Here's the reason. Mm -hmm. I think TV series that do that, and, and I'm speaking more of an online modern style idea of a TV series, right? Where you're looking at like 40 to an hour long episodes, uh, such as Mr. Robot have this great feature where they take something like Sam Esmail's envisionment for Mr. Robot was originally meant to be a movie but very quickly realized that the, the, the complexity and depth of the characters and story he wants to tell was just not you, you the movie would be like 20 hours long like it just you could not do it as a movie so it was done as a TV series and that, that worked out great because you, it allows you to explore the characters more it allows you to do like episodes that focus on a specific character all of those features that you can get from a storytelling perspective in, in a TV series yeah I think you have that extra advantage 
And one of the things Freeland says there is that, like, um, he feels that, like, he feels that one of his directors where he wants to do, like, a specific thing without compromising on other stuff, right? Yeah. And that creates this, this sort of problem where it just ends up being a bit messy in places or it doesn't work out because th that's just not going to happen. A good example, I think, to counter that is, for example, in Sam Esmail's Mr. Robot, there is an episode where no, uh, no character speaks, like, like at any point. Well, that's no. not true. Technically, there's an opening sentence that says, that basically is an introductory nod to no one's going to speak this episode and an ending sentence that ends with like, we can now talk. And it is stellar. It is, <laughs> it is like an hour of complete silence, other than, well, not complete silence, but complete dialogue silence, right? Um, all character development and communication is done through hand signals, uh, facial expressions, uh, body language. It is, it is a great episode. Another episode of Mr. Robot is a one-shot. It is a one-shot take. It's not actually a one-shot take because most one-shot takes actually aren't anymore, right? But, yeah. but it is done in a style of one-shot. And again, it's great because it, that entire one-shot thing isn't even just focused on one person and it's following them around. It isn't focused on one thing. It's focused on one plot point. And they do this whole thing where in one shot they show all of the different characters that you built up over, you know, multiple seasons at this point uh, and learn loads of different things about their complexities and their relationships and, and what they value. And you get to see them interacting in this culmination of a big story event, a big, you know, a big beat in the plot in this one shot take and that is why i think that movies like this should be tv series because if you want to do a particular stylistic thing you can you just make an episode for that stylistic thing right and that, that's that's what i'm getting at here like do you think valen this mm -hmm. this this uh, this story and obviously again like it's not going to be the exact plot of the film because it would have to be adapted for a tv so like there, there's no denying that but yeah. do you think it would have been better as a shorter tv series uh like in terms of tv series like one series like x amount of episodes or something right yeah. that covered the rough same idea with the rough same characters where you could do that sort of thing where you could have an episode that was stylized more in this way so you could get that styling and get that creative sort of side out of your system. Do you think that would have been better than the movie? Uh, in this case, I think so, to okay. be honest. Yeah. Because yeah. I, 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 like, like, I know that's like a really like a complex question, but I am genuinely interested yeah. in people's opinions because I feel like a lot of the movies I've watched would just be better in this scenario. And this is a hill that I'm really starting to like want to die on. I I know this is a film that Phelan will hate because of pacing. Uh, Pulp Fiction is a great one as well. Um, okay, that's yeah, got I've heard. awful pacing and it changes. It its chapters are just just don't even ask. Um, you, you need to know uh, to really understand them. Um, like it is easy to understand watching the film, but they are just really weirdly done for no oh for, I, I, again it's so, just a stylistic choice i I know what you mean alfie but i think it's just a personal opinion personally i wouldn't want to make tv shows because that's just not what i want to do i would rather much rather put more time and effort into making a, a film um that i enjoy making and i think that's what tarantino likes doing is making films that he enjoys oh yeah no, like as as a person like whatever he's doing whatever he wants to do i got no charisma with that i mean he's clearly successful he's doing something better than i am um also it's I... just for me i think that like a lot of a lot of criticisms of movies often come down to something that could be fixed with just making it a short form tv series god she does go flying away yeah like it's just it is funny <laughs> it's funny but that's for the wrong mean. reasons like it, it, it's just a stylistic choice that is just amusing like he probably got uh, like he had he would have had a stunt dp there he would have had a, a vfx dp there loads of people saying well this isn't realistic this isn't right he just goes fuck it it's funny you know like 
that when you're on a film set or TV set, there's there's loads of people around you telling you this is what you should be doing or that's not right or this is not right, and you either make that decision of okay, we're going to make it realistic, yeah, yeah. follow a story beat, or we're just going to do something completely different. I mean, there are like to use Mr. Robot as an example from the TV series. There are things in Mr. Robot that are more accurately portrayed than pretty much any other media I've seen, right? Like, it's portrayal of hacking and tech community um, and hacker culture, um, <laughs> a bit of anarchist it. culture. Like, like all of that is 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 great, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's really well done. Equally, there are things that don't make sense that were clearly just decisions from, like, Sam as the director, or maybe someone suggested it to him on set and, and they ended up agreeing on it. Like, this is to just funnier. Like, this is just a more entertaining, or this is just uh, looks better, right? Like even if it doesn't strictly make as much sense. It's not common, it's not the whole thing by any means, it's like rare. But there are definitely things where it's like, yeah, that, that could have been done in a more realistic way, but fuck it, that shot looked cool, so fuck it. <laughs> you really can't get over that scene. Now watching it, it is quite amusing. <laughs> it's like she's been dragged by a fucking ghost. Yeah, she, she leaves, man. She fucking went to another realm with her, that was Honestly, awesome. Honestly, it is funny but like see yeah maybe that film's a comedy maybe i watched the wrong one uh, uh i don't know django unchained is a great film <laughs> it does have comedic beats in it uh i can't say one of them on stream for reasons um yeah. but again it's it's long-winded i would say a good a good trait of tarantino films is they're long-winded most certainly um yeah. they've got detail that you will never see Sorry, like detailed parts in a script that you would never see on the actual film because Tarantino just loved to write that much content, I guess, um, just to give a backstory that you will just, that, that you know, you will see later on or in extras or bloopers or outtakes that, that um, that's what he enjoys doing. Ho uh, uh, once a time, once a time, wow, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is apparently a good film. Haven't seen it yet, really want to. Um, I love how everybody was like, oh my god, oh my god, this is a great film, but did you know this is the first time two Hollywood A-listers are, are next to each other um, that haven't been next to each other in all film history, which I didn't believe, but apparently is true. Apparently Brad Pitt and um, Leonardo DiCaprio haven't worked together like as two leading stars in a film, which, mm. uh, you know, congrats on Tarantino for doing that for s somehow. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like I always, I always praise Edgar Wright. Apparently, that's that's more of a cult following, I guess, because his films are either loved or just not watched. Um, quite literally, you could say you don't like Shaun of the Dead. I know how people say he doesn't like Shaun of the Dead. I think it's a really good no, film. No, no, no. That's right. Like it's just okay. Like, like again, you, you keep like none of the like this Tarantino film. I've never watched it. If I was watching it, I'd probably just go. It's alright. Because <laughs> my response to 99.9% of films is just, yeah, it's alright. Alfred, we're trying to make but, you the villain of the movie scene. But but everyone yeah. watches a Tarantino film and goes, oh my god, this man, yes. this, this beautiful being has crafted art beyond any expecting. conception. And it's like, exactly. but it just isn't. It isn't even like, like there are YouTube fucking scripted series made by 13 year olds <laughs> that have better story development than this fucking movie apparently. Like. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a criticism of Tarantino. He's just a person making movies. Those movies are successful. Good on him. Right? All the people acting them, good on them. But it, it's just this attitude that some people have towards certain directors or certain uh, movies or like certain genres, I guess, as well. Like, they just 
talk about it as if it's some special thing, as if having a character that has British idioms while being British is impressive. Like, that's not impressive at all, even remotely. Like, they're British. Of course they do. That's basic character writing. That's like year one of college character writing. Like, come on. I see a, a very similar thing that you keep talking about, and that's character writing and character. Well, it's because in that particular context, yeah, everyone was talking, like, the discussion was about how that's, like, a really cute touch that you wouldn't immediately pick up on, even if though that it is explained later on in the movie. Like, it's about that character being, you know, like, in this example, British, right? But in, in any other example, it could be, oh, this character did this thing because it's part of their culture, or they did it because it's their upbringing, or they use this oh. uh, idiom because it comes from this. Like, like all this stuff, is that's, n that's not, like, don't get me wrong. Do I think it commonly happens in character writing? No. But do I think it's impressive when something does it? No, because no. the things where it doesn't happen in, I don't consider good art I, or I, good media. Like it, it's, I do consider it art. All art is good art in my opinion, but I don't consider it like particularly stellar. It, it's not standing out there. It's not unique. It's not special. So and to claim that something doing that is, it's like, no, that's just the base requirements for what I start to think of something. This is on its direction towards being good. Genuinely, one of the best examples I've seen of a very slight character touch um, in a film, I don't know if you guys have seen Snatch by Guy Ritchie. Uh, um, no, I don't think so. I, I do recommend it. It is an interesting film. Um, but there's a character in that. It's played by Brad Pitt. And the really, really nice thing they did, which you don't ever notice until you watch it, is the fact that he tries his very best to do an Irish accent. And it just mm. doesn't work. He tries to be... Uh, oh, uh, yeah. That would be interesting. I don't think I can say that on streams, so never mind. <laughs> okay. Uh, that would be an interesting comment. What's your opinions on actors doing something, right, for the betterment of character development or, or to make the characters more in-depth or to add a, a detail to them that's, you know, special, like, like we're talking about with these characters, even if the actors technically aren't great at it and it, it's slightly immersion-breaks? So, for example, um, I'm going to have to do this in a non-spoilery way. I have been watching some media uh, recently, right? And in that media, a specific group of people have an accent, right? The language they speak is based on a real-life language, but it is uh, partly fictional. Um, and they have an accent. Now, based on where they are, all of the people that speak in that and uh, are in this group change slightly the accent that they do. Um, because it's a cultural thing. Part of the, the culture, part of the character development in this case is that People in this community have a slightly heavier accent in this location, a slightly weaker accent, and a slightly more tangy one here. And all of the characters will change their accent when speaking to the other people because it's part of a, a culture of like making both parties feel more comfortable with each other, right? Like it's just how okay. that, that interaction works in the, in the culture, in this law. And the thing is, some of the actors, they just don't quite nail the accent when they're in certain regions, right? Like some are good at it all the time, some are good at it none of the time. Some are good at it in specific areas but can't put this tang on it or, you know, really struggle when they have to speak it out a bit heavier. But do you think it's better that an actor does that, even if it makes their acting slightly worse and it's slightly immersion-breaking because the accent's just slightly weird in that case? But do you think, do you think it makes a piece of media better if, they are, if they're doing that thing, they're contributing to the, the depth that that adds to these group of people? Or would you rather they just all spoke with one accent consistently? That's very hard to answer because I, I, got, a, I got a better example, but for a slightly different reason, in my opinion. But it kind of follows that same sort of trope, um, mm. which would be, um, I don't know if any of you have seen The Enemy at the Gate. I feel like failing you may have, um, 
but that follows it's a it's a world war ii film that follows Sorry, say enemy at the gate yeah Sorry, I'm sending... yes that was a... yeah that's that a I great enjoyed. film but Quite like that, one. that 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 did it so um oh who is it i can't jude law jude law played um uh russia's most renowned sniper but mm. arguably um in world war Two, and i what they did there was they didn't bother trying to make or teach um jude law i don't know i haven't seen the behind the scenes so i don't know the context is but jude law didn't do a russian accent he just did what his natural voice was maybe a bit different to try and fit the time period and all that um but he didn't do a russian accent uh, he just focused on the acting side would that mm. take you out of the story or like would you prefer they they spent months learning and perfecting a russian accent to fit the time period and his nationality or do you prefer him just speaking as is and concentrating on the acting um and the story aspect of it because anime at the gate is a I great film that varies per film because in yeah. that sort of film i was there because it was like a, a war film which i'm you know i'm pretty interested in i just sort of wanted to watch it and enjoy it and in that case i just go for like a flat accent that is typical of me that i can understand mm. like a english or american accent if it was a more arty film like say for example what tarantino films are meant to be that is where i'd expect like the accents coming in and to be fair in inglorious bastards for example there were good accents as far as i know yeah question of german ones let's let's not talk about the what is it is the italian american trying to speak italian near the end which was quite amusing i suppose that was technically a bit of comedy that apparently I mean, has a long meaning behind it but like i mean yeah like I, i'm trying this it's that that's it's the same as your question is it's it's hard i feel like it just depends mm-hmm. on the film or tv well that's the watching. thing like, my, my critical uh opinion here is that it isn't the same as my question and this is why what you're <laughs> asking is should actors do accents right and again yeah. i still think it is contextual based on the film in general right I'm not particularly biased either way, but do I think it adds to the art where an entire culture, right? Like in this particular show, you could even argue that they are a new race of humans, right? Having that that depth to them where they have oh, this accent, the accent changes based on where they are, who they're speaking to, what the like hierarchy, the social hierarchy is, how close to the person they are. Even if the actors are like slightly finicky at doing the accent, or don't quite nail it all of the time, or their voice, you know, slightly goes off in places. Like, I would rather that they did that in that context, because I think it adds so much to the art, adds so much to who these characters are, what they what they mean to me, what their uh, their culture means. Like, like that's that's the difference. It's not just them doing an accent, or whether they should or shouldn't. It's, it's about how, like, because it's part of... It's such a big part of, like, the, this group of people. I would say... It, it you know it adds complexity and and stuff that sure like some of the actors they sometimes their accent's just bad or their voice just misses they, they they just don't hit it and obviously partly you could argue that that could come with better vocal training and vocal coaching but like across making it like to do something as complex as having accent that varies that much like you know it's not going to be you're never just going to nail it like no amount of vocal coaching is going to nail that versus just actual real life humans that have been doing that for you know thousands of years right I think we can answer that question. You you actually kind of answered the question for both of me and your question for both of our questions, in the sense that it's very dependent on the story. In your case, with the show you're watching, which I now know, um, 
yes it matters because it is a it is a it is a part of the story be it crucial or not it is a part of the story so the fact they should be doing these different accents and they, they, their variations matters because um it's a bit of the story beats it's 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 something but i wouldn't that... say it's a part of the story like it, it doesn't have any plot significance yeah, it's but just, it's okay. So it's, it's a it, part of the culture of that group of people it's within world the world building, which is important for a TV show. Yeah, it's world building, which is really. But I would say, like, when when we're talking about like Enemy at the Gate, um, it's irrelevant what accent he has for the story, because it's not it's not a historical film. It isn't, um, it isn't a documentary. It is a piece of creative media that is got uh, which aims on setting a story of this character and what he went through it isn't trying to replicate what happened it's just trying to give you his point of view in that and it was you know mainly being shown in a western audience so you know understandably it really didn't matter from the director's point of view and probably the, produ the production what accent he did he could have done a russian accent for all they cared um it probably wouldn't have made a difference if he could pull one off really easily and still act the way he acted you know, it would have made no difference. It was just it, it depends. But would on it have story. added to the art, though? Um, I, I, I get, that, I, that's more the question I'm asking. Would 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 you take that piece of media and, from a critical analyzing it as a piece of art perspective, think that it would be better if he had done an accent, no. or for example, if he had um changed his hairstyle to a traditional hairstyle of that culture at the time, or, or something like that, right? I again, I don't. I would say yes. I don't like, of think course, in it that would. sense, it would. Because again, it's telling a story from that point. Is again another example I would use would be Fury. They went out of their way to make Brad Pitt look like he was from that point, that that period, or a lot of the actors, different hairstyles, accents, the way they spoke. That worked from a point of art. That I would say that that film there is a piece of art compared to Enemy at the Gate. Enemy at the Gate is a great story. Fury is a great piece of art because there's very little talking compared to a lot of films in that film. It's more um, visual storytelling, um, which I think the fact that the actors went through their way of, okay, some of them going a bit too extreme, Shia LaBeouf, not showering for like three months, um, but like that went towards the art of making a very unique piece of art, a bit, a bit of media. Um, I, again, it is very different. It is very hard to say for one film does that matter like what you're talking about i think it does because yes from the art point of view it's it's world building and the fact that the actors go through that to train themselves and put the time and effort into making to carry on the, the, the directors and producers world building script writers and all like creating their world and actually going along with it i think that is yes that is that is helping with the art making it a bit a better piece of art if if you will um again yeah it's I'm trying to think of examples. Those are the only two I can but again, think of. Then whatever the movie you was, we're using an example with a guy that's Russian. Why yeah. would it have? What? What? Like? Why would it not add to it if he was speaking Russian and change his mannerisms to be more Russian? Like, like it doesn't take anything away from him not doing like uh, from him performing in like a you know an English style because... or whatever he is, right? Does does it not just add more to it? Is that is it not technically the case that him doing that would add more complexity to the character, add more complexity to the acting, add more complexity uh, to, to you know his delivery in that sense that it would just be better? I would like, like I'm not saying it's like the, the movie's shit and awful and oh, yeah. terrible about that and it's perfect with it, but I'm saying would it not add to the art? Like like 
surely it has to like it just does it just does improve the art if if i would say if they were to add to the art for that film make it more authentic to make it um as you said like higher quality i don't know like like to add to the art i think if in that case they were going for that they would have just hired russian actors personally well again you say if they were going for that how do you go for a movie that isn't art i don't understand oh because not all films are art in my opinion look at marvel films they're not art they're just bits of fun yeah they are they're fun I, w- I wouldn't say it's, it's not art that i necessarily personally find particularly like amazing i think they're generally overhyped but it is a is a culmination of a lot of people's work in story in character in cgi in graphics in vfx right. that's creating what... a piece of work that's I'm gonna, art i'm gonna do what you do sometimes on the stream what? i'm gonna look up the definition oh, of art Oh god. The expression or application if of you're, Okay, like, and I'm actually impressed that you think that, like, a Marvel movie wouldn't meet the definition of art. I know, because I, I personally don't think... I wouldn't say... Because I... Again, this is going to what I find interesting. I would say what Edgar Wright does is art. I wouldn't say what the Russo brothers do, Marvel-wise, is art. I would say that's entertainment. I would say it's just different styles of art. I would say it's entertainment. Yeah, but okay, for example, right? If you, you, you go back thousands of years to when like painting was, was like one of the pretty much like the biggest way to create a piece of uh, art, right? Uh, and someone yeah. creates like a very nice like uh like you know, um what's what's a good example? Just, just like a standard like portrait, right? Like it's just I mean, you, you can you can look at that and be like, Yeah, like that's that's art, right? Yeah. We, we can all agree. How is that different? conceptually to someone creating a meme today they're both art one is designed more to make you laugh but they're still art yeah okay i want to say like creating a meme i don't necessarily mean someone just like recreating a template i mean like the, the person that conceptualizes the template in the first place and, yeah and pieces it together and designs it and, and that that side of it maybe we'll have to talk about this next week because damn but i'm just in, like it like it genuinely blows my mind that you can consider some movies not art yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. If you ask me, like, is a Marvel movie the the absolute, you know, most impressive piece of art that's ever been created? Like, no, it's fucking awful in comparison to ninety nine point nine percent of other pieces of art. But it's still art. It's just art for a different purpose. It's art that's created by a bunch of people, designed and written and constructed and pieced together in the with the intention of mostly just being mediocre entertainment. It's not art in in trying to be something specific or unique. Or to do something new, or uh, to have its own specific style, but it's still art. Like, 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 it's, it's like saying that like a, a current popular pop song isn't art because it's a pop song and it's just made to sell on the chart. It's still art. Like, is it as creative as some of the more out there genres of metal? No, not necessarily. But it's not meant to be. It's meant to be widely acceptable. That's fair. No, no, definitely. We could definitely go at dice. I feel like this is just becoming a movie podcast. The more and more we'd make it now, yeah, um, I feel like I'm going to become like such a long-term antagonist of just not, not like, never, ever, yeah. ever liking movies. This is this is working well, but it's come up to two hours. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would like to start rolling it down a bit. Um, slash ending it. Just yeah. Uh, no, that's that was definitely good. It was an interesting talk, most certainly. I don't know what we started with, genuinely. 
Yogg's cast. No, we didn't. yeah, we started with Yogg's cast. Didn't we, we? We're supposed to be a fucking weird podcast. YouTube. No, that's not being weird. It's just this is the most sane podcast we've done because we started with YouTube, yeah. went to Yogg's cast, then we went to films, all quite relatively in a similar sort of subject. We've had weirder ones in the past, most definitely. Um, this has probably been the most normal one when it comes to sticking to a subject and just. I wouldn't say the most. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't say also sticking to a subject, but yeah, 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 whatever. Um, <laughs> at least this is going to be uploaded on YouTube straight straight away. Uh, everybody got duplicated then, but no, it's been good. Um, anything anybody would like to say before we finish up? Give me money at twitch.tv slash tactical TV. Okay. Uh, sure. I will just say, um, Quentin Tarantino, if you're listening, good job. You, you make some movies that make money. Yeah, we can't complain. We, we, the thing is, as much as we say that, you know, he's living, they're, they're, they're living a very comfortable life right now. So, you know. Oh, that's why I saw what people mean when they say about his weird foot fetish. No. Yeah. He has oh, he does fetish. have a foot. Is he the foot fetish guy? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. That makes a lot more sense now. Okay, yeah. He seems like <laughs> someone that's just been like well off enough and rich to just like all his money making foot fetish films it all makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. Um, the feet in the movie you were talking about yeah the, the feet in all the films oh, oh my God. man yeah there were feet in this one they're, in, in oh, the okay. one in uh, that's not a spoiler in the one that um we were talking about there's there's quite literally a leg cast that uh is quite prominent in the last quarter of the film so yeah also Never mind. That's a that's a never. I can't spoil the film. Um. Anyway, thank you very much. You two, as always. Yeah. Uh, Shout I've... out to Quentin Tarantino. That's 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 my comment. Just okay. fuck it. Just... On his side now. I wouldn't fuck feet, but okay. Um. No, I really appreciate that. Uh. But no, thank you very much. You two, as always. It's always fun pretending to argue against you and you know pretending to be pretending. against you. Um. Yeah. All right. But point out when you were <laughs> pretending. Point out when I was goddamn pretending. That film like. I didn't even get through my goddamn points because we went off topic and then Charlie's like, oh, we stayed on topic. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, you is that why you've got like And it'll be a lovely keys. time. Hey guys. Right, yes, as always, have a good evening, good day, good night, or good morning. Thanks for the outro, you wonderful human being. And we'll see you in the next game. No, next. Po po well, I've messed that up every time. Every time. Every time. What's the outro? You do the outro. Um, thanks, bye. In Frost We Trust. <laughs>